Sandra all the time is here with the cold heart true. She's the ears and the eyes for me and you. Every day, everyone want to hear from Sandra. And every time on the air, she's getting better. Tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your mama, call Sandra. In the morning and in the evening, they always calling, calling Sandra. And when they start fighting, they calling Sandra. And That's right, folks. Everyone is telling their mama about the cold hard truth. Welcome to another episode with more truth telling, more problem solving, and of course, more tea spilling than ever before. Sit back, students, grab your tea and turn up the volume because class is now in session. Call in at 936-2626 because your voice matters. Share your opinion on issues that matter the most to you. Good morning, good morning, happy Thursday. Let's go ahead and check in with Blake and Aaron over on 106 and see what they are up to. Good morning, good people. Hey, good morning. Hello. Hey, how you doing? All right, good morning. Hello, good morning. Yes, hi, I can hear you loud and clear. You there? Yes, yes. I am. Ah, there All we right. are, hello. Yes, I'm like, I can hear you. All That's right, so good morning. Happy we Thursday are, to you. Yes, happy Thursday. We're switching things up a little bit. Our, our listeners, yeah. I'm sure, are paying attention. Um, everybody doing good? Let's kick off with some headlines this morning. Well, um, well, we've, got a, we've got a minute 30. Oh, you guys are still... Oh, I thought you were right. Yeah. Okay. Let's chit chat for a minute. You want me to give you the forecast? Uh, let me look out the window. Probably <laughs> 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 cloudy skies today. I was, was going to say the same. And uh, winds out of the east, northeast today, 15 to 25. 74 degrees right now. It's cold out. 74? Really? 74. Yeah, it was actually kind of chilly when yeah. I said. 58% humidity and uh, winds out of the northeast, about uh, 12 and a half miles per hour. Uh, there you go. So weather warming up as we get into the weekend, though. Tomorrow, Friday, 81 for a high. 83 Saturday and Sunday. And looks like sunshine each of those days. So weekend's going to look spectacular. Sunday, the best day of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Nice. There I like it on Sunday. All right. Do you want to do some headlines live on Kiss or Rudy? Yep. Here right. we go. Stand by. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. All right, Sandy, what do you got for us this morning? All right. So um, a ship had to cancel its call to the Cayman Islands Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. Well, the weather wasn't great anyway. But the real reason why it canceled its call is because it actually hit a pier in Jamaica. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you you gotta see the photo. I mean, this ship messed. Yeah, it it did spill damage. Um, so the Carnival Magic was scheduled to visit uh, Grand Cayman uh, yesterday. Have we been on that ship before? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah when it was a after hitting a vessel in Ochi um, on Tuesday, and it was forced to dock overnight. So according to the cruise hive, Carnival Magic was forced to temporarily depart the port 
at Jurnet's visit on Tuesday as bad weather conditions, obviously, um, including swells and high winds, caused the vessel to hit the pier. Um, so then this resulted in passengers having to uh, go um, ashore. They were actually left until the Carnival Magic could safely return. So what a calamity. My worst uh, nightmare on, uh, you know, deciding to take a cruise and then having weather like we had a couple mm, of days ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we'll dive into that a little bit um, later. And speaking of regional news, uh, Jamaicans have lost literally millions of dollars in a Ponzi scheme. So this, again, is coming out of uh, Jamaican news. Nearly 50,000 Jamaicans have lost millions of dollars in the latest Ponzi scheme, which crashed in January the 29th after operating for a little over a year. So, you know, folks, you got to be smart with your money. There's always look at, always someone out there looking to separate you and your hard-earned money. So try not to do it. Ponzi! <laughs> pretty, Ponzi! Pretty crazy. Or, or Ponzi. Um, yeah, Ponzi. Ponzi. Yeah. Okay. Ponzi! <laughs> good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Rich Carlton, Grand Cayman, mm-hmm. has earned a triple, didn't know there was such a thing, Five-star status. Congratulations. Wow. Way to go. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So they are the first property in the Caribbean to attain this triple five-star status. And this award is given by Forbes Travel Guide and uh, has only had 15 winners in the world. This is wow. pretty cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. congratulations yeah. to uh, the Ritz-Carlton. Where's my little applause button? I feel like we need a virtual yeah. applause. Yeah. All right. There yeah, you doing, go. Doing so. a staycation there starting tomorrow. So nice. now we love oh, the Ritz Carlton, wow. but mm-hmm. since they, um, when they did all the renovations a couple of years ago, man, that place yeah. is spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. We got to tour it after the renovations. They did a little kind of open house. And it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So congratulations to the Ritz Carlton, all their staff, Forbes Travel Guides, 2024 star awardees. Um, quite, quite an accolade there to put in your little basket. And those are your news headlines this morning. Alrighty. Thank you, Sandy. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday headlines. Have a good one. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. Good morning to all of my listeners out there in Bobo land. How's everybody doing? We got Instagram locked in. Good morning to everybody in Instagram. Who do we have on Instagram? We got uh, Richie, Charlie, HR Kane, 22, Tony. Hey, Tony. Um, Who else? Who else? I think Tony likes Instagram. If we're live over there, he logs in over there. Um, some of these names we can't pronounce. We got Sheila, uh, Lassia, looks like Tiling Power Team. Okay. Yes. Uh, Unstoppable 1D. Hello, darling. So, everybody, uh, we got Miss Vernita over on YouTube, Diamond Princess on Facebook, CC McLaughlin on Facebook, Miss Daisy from the UK, where she says it's 51 degrees. Stephen Nicholson also joining us from the UK. Felicia Rankin in the house, Olivia, and tons more people waking up, rolling out of bed, and uh, joining us this beautiful Thursday morning. Let me adjust the camera just a toops this way. All right, there we go. Everybody's good. And we got Zeus in the studio. He's down by my feet, chillaxing, relaxing. That's what he does best. He is the most chill dog, except if he sees other dogs. <laughs> then he goes crazy. And he, oh, my gosh. But he is so chill. Like you pick Zeus up and you're just holding him and petting him and he starts to fall asleep. I'm like, dude, wake up. He just is a lap dog. You know, they talk about lap dogs. 
That is Zeus, honey child. He loves to get in your lap. And every time I sit in any of the recliners, here comes Zeus. He jumps up on the recliner and he just lies down by my feet. Sometimes he puts his little head in my feet. He's so cute. Oh my gosh. He is just the sweetest little thing. Good morning, Olivia. Waltero in the house. Keisha, good morning. Sonia, morning, morning, morning. How are you guys doing today? So um, I think a lot of you were listening to um, the show yesterday and you heard me talking about, you know, dogs. And so I got a, uh, what's this? I got a um, traffic. What's going on with the traffic today? I got um, someone who called me yesterday about a dog being abused and distressed. I don't want to go into the details. I really don't. Trust me. I really, I'm, I'm not going to. Because um, it's extremely disturbing. The police are dealing with it. Um, I was saying to someone yesterday that a lot of times, you know, there are things that happen uh, that you guys don't necessarily, you're not necessarily privy to because it's a police matter. And I want to take this time to publicly thank every single person, because you guys are really, really amazing, who comes forward and provides me with information. Criminals, you guys come with your receipts, you've got videos, you've got evidence of who these people are and what it is that they're up to. So um, I do my civic duty and I pass it on to the relevant authorities, and then it's their job to obviously proceed with investigations and arrests and hopefully some incarcerations as well. So um, I want to thank all the good people in this country um, who do the right thing every single day. And I know that it's challenging, and I know that a lot of you are um, afraid to call the police because you don't trust the police. I hear you, I hear you, and I hear you. Um, And, you know, I also know that when I call the police, um, I can speak to very specific individuals and get the ball rolling in a different kind of way. So I'm not just calling the regular station. So um, thank you for that because, you know, it's necessary um, to put some of these people behind bars, which is exactly where they belong. Sometimes I hear something, you know, every time I, I think to myself, oh my God, I've heard it all. I get a phone call that just floors me. And I, yesterday, unfortunately, was one of those days. And it gives, it gave me an instant headache when I heard the details of how this poor dog um, is suffering. It actually made me like physically sick. So that's why I want to talk about it this morning. I want to think, I don't even want to think about it. But um, just know to the person who called, it has been actioned by me. And I'm also told that the police have done their part and it has been actioned by them as well. So I'm sure there's now a process um, that has to be undertaken in terms of investigations and most importantly, the safety of this animal being the most paramount thing. Folks, if you know of any dogs or cats or anything else that is being abused or molested in any way, it is your duty as a human being, I'm telling you all this now, to please come forward You know, I get it that you might not want to be the one to go to the police, but do not allow um, a dog to suffer um, unnecessarily at the hands of anybody. And I don't really care what their excuse is. I don't care if they supposedly 
have mental health issues or whatever they might be claiming is going on. That's no excuse. And so um, please, you know, do your part. Yeah. It's, it's like children. You got to look out for other children, you know, just because you've got kids and your kids are in a good home and they're okay. Doesn't mean that you can turn a blind eye when you see children who are not in good homes and who are being abused and molested. Um, it's our duty to one another as human beings to really step up to the plate. All right. That's all I want to say about that because literally this conversation gave me a headache yesterday and made me sick to my stomach. All right. Good morning to Miss Olive. She says good morning to all of my CMR classmates. Miss Orlean is in the house. Um, Jamila says sick people trust and believe me. There's a lot of them out there. Good morning to Miss Hilda. Patricia Blake is here. Wee Wee, Irvlin, good morning. Debbie, how are you? Are you still overseas, Debbie? You're still in the States? Um, thank you, Miss Irvlin. She says, you're looking lovely this morning. Yep, it's the hair. Went and saw Rucio yesterday. Got a few curls, honey child, a little bit of color. Touched up the gray, you know, do a little touch up. Um, so, ay, 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 where do we begin today? My goodness. Let's talk about some of the headlines, some of the items in the headlines uh, in the news this morning. Mm-hmm. So really, really um, interesting about the um, pier in Jamaica being damaged. You know, these things um, uh, happen, I suppose. And so, my goodness, I don't know how much damage this is, but hopefully they can, I mean, I saw the photo, it looks pretty spectacular in fact, but hopefully they can um, resolve this quickly and get it fixed. Uh, I saw one of the, um, one of the, uh, what's it called? I love K-Man groups and they were talking about They were talking about, you know, the storm and the damage. One person's like, oh, you know, do I need to, to change my trip to the Caymans, my reservations? Um, and I thought to myself, hmm, you know, these people are coming on vacation, I guess, and that's their only concern. But I, I noted with interest that another person in the comment section said, oh, yes, I'm also coming this weekend. But my question isn't if I can change my reservation. My question is, um, how can I help? I thought, mm, so nice, came in kind. Um, so yes, uh, the good news is, I must say that uh, we are so incredibly fortunate here in Cayman that we continue to have agencies, um, NRA, PWD, NEH, they were all out there, DEH, sorry. They were all out there yesterday in full force um, getting our roads cleaned up. And you might've seen, um, you know, the footage that we posted of them with tobacco and, you know, clearing out debris. And so they moved very, very swiftly. I think the roads are back to normal today because as you all can see, given the limited, um, you know, road structure where everything eventually converges somewhere because we only got so many roads, um, there's a knock-on effect. When the waterfront is closed and people can't access that, that means that they're having to still try to get to work somewhere in that vicinity and they're having to take alternative routes but then that creates this uh, gridlock of traffic 
all over the island, to be quite frank. And there are people like even up till night, 11 o'clock almost, who are like, oh, my God, I'm still stuck in this traffic. So it was pretty crazy. Um, So thank you to those agencies who really stepped up to the job and um, stepped up to the plate, I should say, and did an amazing job yesterday with trying to clear out the debris. Now, I was, I was, again, shocked at the amount of debris that was actually in the roads. I mean, did you guys see it? down by, um, I think this was down by the cabana area and stuff. Now, somebody said to me, and I didn't realize that this property was actually in such poor condition, but someone said to me, this would have been the ideal time to knock knock down Paradise Grill and Bar. Quite ironically, just last week, I had gone to... um, let me think now. Oh, yes. This is when, unfortunately, the Filipino man died on, on the boat and they found him. Um, and I went to that area to try to just get a photo of the cruise ship. So you guys know every time we put up a story on the website, we need a corresponding. Sometimes we have to use stock photos, but we like to try to use a relevant local photo if we can. By the way, any Georgetown primary students this morning? Can someone take a decent photo of the school uh, and send it to me? Do, do horizontal. I'm going to give you all lessons on how to use your camera. So hold the camera horizontal, not vertical, and then make sure the school name is in the photo. See if somebody this morning heading to Georgetown Primary, this is your challenge for the morning, can send me um, a decent photo because I need it for a story that Renee is working on. So, um, so yeah, we try to get relevant photos locally if we can. If not, you know, we have to do, uh, you know, what we can do with stock photos. Um, But I remember in the early days, stock photos used to throw you guys off all the time. You'd be like, well, that's not key, man. What does that have to do? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So um, I went out there to take a picture and I parked across from Paradise. I said, oh, let me walk over here. Because the ships were like somewhere in that direction. There was two that way and there was like two that way. I couldn't properly see the name because they were all, I think there's four in port that day. And they actually were all carnival ships. So it was like carnival something, something. And then the smaller specific name of the ship was a little bit smaller. So I was trying to see exactly which ship he might've been on. So I went over by Paradise and I was like, when did this place stop operating? I did not even know. I thought they were still open, you know, as a restaurant. But honey, chill, they're in horrible condition. I mean, it was a derelict building right on the waterfront, right where people are coming in and snorkeling and tours and all this kind of stuff. I was like, what an eyesore. The deck is all torn up. Who who owns Paradise Grill and Bar? Do we know who owns that? I mean, it's prime real estate, but even prime real estate that has a derelict um, building on it looks horrible. And this, this building leaves a lot to be desired. And it's literally falling apart. So I had to be careful walking on um, the, what do you call it? Like what would be the deck area? Because it's all torn up. There's like holes in it. You know, wood um, after a while disintegrates if it's not properly taken care of and stuff like that. So someone yesterday sent me this message that said the cleanup today would have been a great opportunity for the owners to get rid of this public eyesore structure, formerly known as the Paradise Restaurant. 
the property in Ironshore is private property. So let's have a look at this video that they um, took some time to share with us. Look at this property. Yeah, it looks really, really bad. I think I'm going to go by there today. And and because that video, I can tell you from last week, even before the storm, doesn't do justice to how bad that property looks. Can we find out some information and who owns it? Y'all have access to the land registry system. Tell me who owns that property because <clears throat> I believe that property owners have an obligation to upkeep their property to a certain minimum standard, especially when it is in a commercial zoned area, tourist area, where millions of people are seeing it day in and day out. So someone just said to me that they've actually not reopened since COVID. Um, so, wow, okay. So we're talking about a couple of years now. Um, I mean, that's no excuse to have to keep the property to a minimum standard. Um, it, it looks it looks horrible. I mean, come on now. You either knock down the building if you don't want to do anything with it right now, or you have to, if you're not ready to reopen, you have to maintain it to a proper standard. Now, I'm a little bit surprised um, that no one has said anything about it before. I haven't really paid attention. I'm not really on the waterfront a lot, but I know that you guys are very, very astute and y'all up in everybody business and y'all pay attention to everything. So I don't know how this has gone under radar for so long, but I must say that I, I was very surprised when I saw the property last week because I thought, oh my God, there's no longer a restaurant here. And furthermore, this looks horrible. This is a complete eyesore. No word of lie. It is, whoa. The whole thing is a wooden structure, I think. And it looks like it is just falling into the ocean soon. So before it becomes some sort of hazard, uh, DEH, can we, I'm sure there's rats in there. And you know what else was interesting? <clears throat> when I was on the deck, it was obvious <clears throat> that there were people who were um, abusing the place, there was like garbage all in the deck area, um, like clothing. I don't know if people are sleeping out there, probably doing drugs at night. I don't know what's going on. But this tends to be um, what happens when you leave a derelict vehicle, a car. You know, people start to use these things um, to do other things as well. So someone else um, mentioned to me that, um, remember on yesterday's show, we called the guy about his vehicle and he said that he would move it. So there's cars that are parked there. I did get a better picture. He hasn't moved it yet, looks like, from the photo I've received this morning. But I did get a uh, better picture of um, the vehicle. So this is the roundabout there by um, Georgetown Yacht Club. And so this is publicly owned property. So we did reach out to folks over at the DART organization because some of you are wondering, if perhaps they own this property. So I'm happy to confirm that they do not own this property. It is public property, but they were also happy to um, reach out to the PLC, Public Lands Commission, in relation to it uh, since we had brought it up. 
So hopefully if this man does not move it, um, we can get some information. I'm going to show you guys this here now. We can get some information on how that vehicle will be moved. And most importantly, uh, this has been an ongoing issue for quite some time. But folks, when you own a vehicle that you have for sale, you can't just park it on government property um, as your, your place of selling it. That's, that's just not how this works, right? You can't do that with government property. So those of you who didn't get the memo, mm -hmm. I'm having a piece of toast with, um, what's it called, peanut butter this morning and strawberries. All right. Those of you who did not get the memo, uh, this is your advisement now to please um, move your vehicles. That's not the place for it. Why Public Works or NRA has not stamped a notice on there to move said vehicles, I do not know. But I can tell you if your vehicle is there now, um, you know, we're going to ask them to please move it. Listen, there's a lot of ways that you can sell a vehicle. Parking off on a public roadway, um, trying to create a, you know, use sales lot is not the way to do it. So somebody said this falls under NRA. Again, there's always confusion about who is responsible for these things. So we'll forward it on to NRA and see if they can do something about it. Yeah, the, these derelict homes, even in residential areas, we have one in our neighborhood that is an eyesore um, and when you ask the property owners, you know, to clean it up, you speak to DEH because it is definitely um, rat infested, the whole, the whole nine yards. Um, it's so incredibly unfortunate because it devalues every single thing that we do or that we're trying to accomplish. So... I can tell you that this is not this is not a good look, right? Everybody else in the neighborhood is trying to keep their place tidy and neat. And there's this one house that the grass is all the way up to almost the rooftop. And God knows what's hiding out in there. Well, the chickens have a field day. They love it. Um, and, you know, this house has been there, from what the neighbors tell me, probably at least 20 years as a partially constructed house. Yeah, you're going to have to go back and knock the whole thing over and start over. And it doesn't make any sense. And listen, I am very, very cognizant of sometimes people will start a structure and then they don't have the money to finish it. That doesn't mean that you should just leave it there and allow your neighbors and the value of their properties to be impacted by your unkept property. If you can't finish it, the best thing to do is to knock the structure down. And just simply keep the area clean and, and, you know, even if it's just an empty piece of land, um, just keep it mowed and, and the weeds and the bushes and all that kind of stuff under control. Because I can tell you that these locations tend to fester a lot of rodents. And honey chow, I don't know if you've seen these rodents, but they're always looking to be trying to get in your garbage and, and you know, come in your yard if they can. We've seen, you know, even again in our neighborhood, you know, at night you're sitting out on the porch, you see something with little beady eyes running in your garden. Well, guess what that is? That's rats, rodents all over the place, and they carry a lot of nasty little diseases. So, um, 
you know, it's just, it's just not a good look. It just really isn't. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of times these people, or they have a million excuses. Uh, when I spoke to someone connected to that property, they said, well, why don't the neighbors help, help instead of complaining? I'm like, okay, what would you like the neighbors to do? We maintain our own properties. You want us to maintain your family member's property as well? You think that that's fair and that's what the neighbors should do? Does that mean that you're going to give us the property when we start um, maintaining it? I'm just wondering how exactly this is going to work. You know, the attitude sometimes of um, some people to me is very, very shocking. You're a landowner. And if you're a landowner, there's certain responsibilities that come with land ownership. I'm just saying. You should think of your neighbors. Uh, anyway. There's always one or two in a neighborhood, trust me. Debbie, good morning. It says it used to be Gary Scott's from the BRAC. Um, Anthony Russell says Paradise and Cayman Cabana, Cabana need to be torn down. Two major eyesores on the waterfront. Uh, they're so ghetto. Hmm. Does Cayman Cabana? I mean, I haven't been there in a minute, but does Cayman Cabana look that bad? You know, it's difficult, I think, uh, when these structures, again, right there on the waterfront, are made out of wood because if you are not properly maintaining those wood structures, because the wood needs to be treated, painted every so often, and I dare say at times also just replaced. Uh, Michael says, yep, yes, and Gary sold it to the new owners, never did anything with it, and then COVID came. So who's the new owners? Good morning, Shaka, Zulu. I'm interested to know who these new owners are. Linda, Damaris, and this is a thing too, right? It's all fine and well to, um, to purchase um, property and uh, then you don't have the money. You can only purchase it. You don't have the money to do anything else with it. Listen, from one poor person to the next, let me, tell, let me give you all a little bit of advice, right? Been there, done that. This is where you got to be cautious. This is why I always find it so interesting when I hear Caymanians having these conversations on social media about, well, if I can pay $1,200 a month in rent, this old bank no one give me a mortgage. I'm like, honey, chill. I wish the only thing you had to worry about was paying your mortgage. The bank knows this too. When you become a property owner, I don't care how new that property is. Let me assure you, there's always something that has got to be done. Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started, honey, chill, because I'm in the middle of one of those situations right now. Okay. Oh, you got to do lawn. You got to do this. You notice this needs painting, and that needs changing out. The wood on the deck is needs to be ripped. I mean, to tell you, there is just always something that needs to be done. So you've got to have a little bit of a cushion in your budget to try to, even if you, you know, say, okay, once a year, I'm going to do one little project. Once a quarter, I'm going to work on this. You know, if you're married to a handyman, you got to put him to work around the place. But you've got to be prepared to ensure that um, you can do these things. Number one, you maintain the value of your property. And you may even be adding value to your property with the proper upkeep. There is nothing in the world um, worse than uh, seeing 
derelict houses or houses that don't have a nice little coat of paint on it. And paint can do wonders for property, trust me. Um, power washing. Just this week, I had to have our place power washed. Uh, we have one side of the house, which doesn't get the same sunlight, really. It doesn't get as much direct sunlight as the other side. So we always have that, like, I guess it's, um, what is it? The moldy, slimy stuff that, you know, is on the outside of homes that get wet. And if the dew sits there, what is that called again? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, so we always get that like on one side and it affects the windows and, you know, it's like, oh my God, seriously. Mm -hmm. So I had to call a guy to, um, power wash, you know, the place. And that has to be at least an annual pro mildew. Thank you. Right. You know, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's actually the mildew. Thank you, Alejandra, um, to power wash it. And I must say this guy did a phenomenal job. So I want to give a shout out to a Caymanian business owner here this morning. Let me give you all his name, honey chill, because um, he was professional. He came out and he did a really, really good job. And that's what he came in time. He came when he said he was coming. He got it done. It looks fantastic. So this young man, his name is Matthew Francis, and he owns a company called Super Power Wash and Maintenance. So Matthew, big shout out to you and your company this morning. I'll give you all the link. Um, support local businesses, folks, uh, locally owned, locally run businesses once they are professional in doing what they need to do. And this guy knows what he, what he has to do. So when he saw the mildew, he said, don't worry, Miss Sandy. I got the right formula, the right stuff for that. I can take care of that for you. Mm -hmm. And he came and he took care of it. So um, really appreciate that. And, you know, you can power wash. Some of us have the little brick driveways. You know, he can power wash that. He can do all kind of stuff to really spruce up your place and make it look good. So give him a call. Um, Supreme Power Wash and Maintenance is the um, Facebook name. It is supremepw.ky at gmail.com. Again, his name is Matthew. Thank you so much, Matthew, for doing an amazing job. Um, so yeah, so you've got to really be cognizant of what you have to do in order to maintain, uh, your, your homes and your properties. And again, you know, I, I have always been taught to take pride in your surroundings, uh, take pride in where you live. You know, some of y'all dress up and you look like a million bucks when you go out in these streets. Like a model walking down, you go, you you look, yay, you know. I'm like, wow. And then when you see where this person calls home, you're like, oh, okay. Well, I can see where they're spending all their money and clothes, and they're not fixing up the house. Mm -mm. That don't make no sense. Makes no sense at all. It's better for you to be modest, and you know, you, your house can be modest too but just be clean and neat and have it looking kind of halfway decent. Now I'm not coming in your house. I guess I don't care too much what you got going on, but at least on the outside, a little coat of paint and stuff like this. And you know what, honey child, good morning, Mr. Amelia. If you have a member of your community who maybe, um, you know, can't have, uh, they don't have the funds, older people, you know, get together and speak to them. Hey, can we help you out? Can we, you know, do a little paint job for you? See what you can do, because I do know that there's some people 
out there who are actually really, really um, suffering and stuff as well. Good morning, Miss Pat. Good morning to Miss Morna. I saw Miss Morna the other day at the turtle at the farmer's market grabbing some lunch. Um, Linda says, that's my breakfast this morning too. Really? You're also having a peanut butter sandwich? My goodness. For the longest time, I didn't used to eat peanut butter because <laughs> when I was a kid, I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches too much. And so even to this day, you can't get me to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I had my fill as a kid. But I will sometimes just eat a little bit of peanut butter on toast. It's like a quick protein, um, you know, meal if I can't get anything else. Oh, yesterday was rough, honey child. I didn't get anything to eat yesterday until after four o'clock. I was on the go and getting stuff done. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I hadn't had breakfast. I hadn't had lunch. And then after four o'clock, I was getting like really hungry. And I was going to an event. And you know, when you're going to an event and you know you're going to have to talk and interact with people, you don't want to eat too much because then you're going to have the itis, you know, wink, wink. You know what itis is, right? Nigger itis. You're going to have that sink in and you're going to be tired and lethargic. So I was like, all right, let me just grab a little something quick. Well, I hate to say, but this was not the diet of champions. Look at these beautiful strawberries. These strawberries look so good. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Tastes delicious too. Um, I got these over the weekend from Costulas. And oh my God, they're delicious. They had them in the big containers. Really nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So anyway, um, so I end up calling my husband. Uh, I'm like, Marlon, I'm starving. I need some food. Can you just grab me a Patty Max from Tortuga? He was like, a what? I told y'all. I recently discovered these Patty Maxes, and it's like an addiction. I'm addicted. So anyway, he um, went and grabbed me a Patty Max. I said, a Patty Max and a Pepsi. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Lord have mercy. Definitely not the diet of champions. Anyway, he showed up with a Patty Max and a Coke. I'm like, what part of Pepsi did you miss? No, they didn't have any. Just drink a Coke is the same thing. I'm like, no, it's not. Anywho, trying to do better today. Strawberries, delicious. Um, listen, if you um, enjoy strawberries, I love strawberries. I love fruits. But make sure that you wash strawberries properly. They are one of those fruits that you're more likely to get pesticide poisoning from and other things than anything else. Because of the way that they are, mm -hmm, they're very porous. So if you can, try to get organic strawberries where they haven't used any chemicals on them. And then you got to soak them really good to get all the stuff off of them. So I can share a good soaking recipe for vegetables and fruits later on. Okay. So um, Alejandro says, if you buy a property, buy a weed whacker and a blow, at least keep it maintained. Debbie says maintaining is more than a mortgage. It can be. Um, certainly depends on, on the property, you know? And these are the things about home ownership that you always have to think about because if you're not careful, um, when you get into a home, what can happen is the additional expenses that come with the home or the things that are going to trip you up. I remember, this is a true story now, gather around class students. 
Um, I remember when we were budgeting and we were trying to get ready, you know, for a house and we're like, okay, we're going to get a mortgage now for a house. We, you know, we had our daughter, we wanted to expand a little bit. Well, we were going to expand before she's born. And then we put it in hold because you guys know she was a preemie and we weren't really quite sure what was going on there. So my husband was a very prudent man. He said, we need to wait to see what's going on with her. Because of course, if we have medical expenses, you know, maybe there's something wrong with her. This was during Zika. Whew. If we have medical expenses or whatever, let's just wait before we commit to anything. So, all right, we got through that hurdle. Everything was fine. Um, so when she was probably about six months old, we're like, okay, let's start looking again. So we're looking at some properties and, um, you know, we looked at a couple that were fixer uppers. We looked at some, um, the bank had taken from other people, you know, sometimes you get a good deal there. But what I find with those properties now is once the bank has intervened and they have taken a property, but the person is still in there, they don't tend to take care of it because they no longer care. You know, they, they're just like, mm, whatever. So that's a problem because you go in there and you, you got all kind of work that you have to do. And also, I do kind of feel bad, although this is business, you know, um, that this poor person is going to lose their house and I'm the one who's going to be moving into it. But like I said, on the other hand, it's business. I can tell you that if that was a, a foreign investor, they wouldn't give two cahoots who lived in it before them. They're like, oh, this is a good deal. So I'm going to, you know, grab up this house. But when you have to live there as a family, I don't know. There's something to be said. Um, about just bad vibes, like a house that's already been, you know, if you don't know it, then I guess it doesn't really matter to you. But when you do know it and you're going to be the one taking it in the foreclosure, I don't know. Feels a little bit, yeah. So anyway, um, we were looking at different homes and we saw this house. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that looks nice. You know, good size, whatever. All the walls are concrete. So I'm like, no sheetrock, good, good build. Um, but there's a lot of things that I was looking at. I was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. And I remember my husband saying to me, him and Kevin were like, oh, girl, those are things that you we can fix. Don't worry about it. We can fix that. And I hate a project. I hate a house project. I would. I don't think I would ever build a house for that same reason because I don't like, oh, it gets under my skin to have to chase up workers and get sick. I was like, no, I don't want that kind of project. So anyway, they convinced me. And then I went and spoke to the guy, our loan manager at CNB, and he said, hmm, he looked at the house, and you know, he's sitting there, Andrew. Big shout out to Andrew Williams this morning over at Cayman National Bank. That's my man over there. Um, so he gets out his little calculator, and ching, 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 ching. And he said, you know, um, i got to tell you the truth. What you would be getting this house for, um, you probably couldn't build the house for this anymore. This is a good value. It's a brand new house. Nobody else has ever lived in it. You know, I would say, go ahead and try try your luck here and make an offer and then see where you go. And I was like, hmm, I said, okay, all right. And then we had we had a financial decision to make. This is the point of the story, right? So we had a financial decision to make. And the financial decision was hold on to our apartment, which would be like investment property, and get this new house. So now you got two mortgages that you're going to have to be thinking about. And at the time, um, I was like, uh, nah, 
let's get rid of it. My husband didn't agree. He's like, oh, no, let's keep it. And I said, listen, again, not just thinking about the mortgage. You got to now become a landlord, which y'all know. And you got to upkeep the property and you got to budget for maintenance things. And that's an older property. Plus it's a strata. Having lived in a strata, I can tell you that I, you know, if I don't ever have to live in a strata environment ever again, um, I would be too happy. Like I'm, I'm good not living with people and you have to deal with stratas because they can be, it only takes one interesting person on your strata to make everybody's life like miserable. Trust me. So anyway, um, we decided to sell it. And I said, you know, not only that, but when we get into the new house, as with all new properties, there are going to be projects. There are going to be things that you want to do. And you need a little bit of cash flow, a little bit extra cushion in your life to make that happen. Sure enough, we sold it. We had good, I had, I had been there and I had good equity in my property. So um, when we finally then, you know, got into the house and everything, like I said, always a project. I pulled out every single fan that was in here because when the, the developer got to the end of the project, you can see that he was trying to go cheap, honey jail. He had spent more money in this house than he ever anticipated because he wasn't even from Cayman. He's married to Cayman, but he's from Atlanta. So he was trying to do one of these flips where he's going to take a house and flip it. I later found out that he got the house in a foreclosure. It wasn't it was just like the foundation, I guess. And he finished it and whatever. Um, this Caymanian woman had lost a house um, through credit union. So he took it and built this beautiful house, changed some of the plans and, you know, whatever. But so many things needed to be done. The back porch wasn't screened in, so I had to screen that in. You know, and you got to take your time because you run into financial problems. Like if I came in this house and did everything immediately that I wanted to do, I can tell you that I would not have been able to afford it. So there's no shame in taking your time, prioritizing what's important. I can tell you, I got my little red book over there um, with you know our current project. And every month I'm like, okay, these are the things that I want to try to budget for. Because in my head, I want everything and I want it now. You can't do it that way because you get yourself into financial problems. So you got to take your time and you got to prioritize like, okay, this month, Maybe I can budget for this, you know, this. So I got like a six month and a one year plan of all of the upgrades and the things that need to be changed out, prioritizing stuff that has to be done. And I had to do the exact same thing with this house. So I took out all fixtures. I upgraded electrical, um, you know, do cat six cabling. Yep. Somebody said you changed out all the toilets too. <laughs> Shall he has some cheap stuff up in here. I'm like, my bonk, it can't go on that toilet because I might fall off and hit my head. So changed out toilets and the master bedroom, we had to completely, the master bath, we had to completely gut the master bath shower because it was like a closet. Now it actually is a, a, a linen closet. Um, and we do it because he had this jacuzzi tub and I'm like, jacuzzi tubs are so 1990s. Nobody not using them. So we pulled that out, did a, did a his and her shower. You know, there was like a lot of things. And even now there are still ongoing projects. Um, energy efficient. Every single light was changed out to LED. Uh, some are on timers. So like our guest bathroom, you walk in there, it turns on. Um, after a couple seconds, it turns off by itself. I'm, I chuckle when kids go in there because they're like, the light just went off. And I'm going to just wave your hand. It'll come back on. 
you know, so there's a lot of things. We did solar panels early on because, again, trying to save money. Big shout out to CUC. I got my bill yesterday. Anybody got their bill? Ooh, honey child, my bill is like one fourth of what it was during the summer months. It's come down a lot. Um, so we did a lot and we're still doing it. Last year, we got a generator. Every every year, you know, the one of the last things we did was the lawn. I was like, Lord, just keep the grass mode. We didn't really have any plants or anything to speak of. So eventually I had to budget. Had to budget for some plants and stuff. And, you know, then Marlon did his garden in the back. So take your time, folks. There's always something to do when you own a home. Take your time and you'll definitely get there. Um, but know that it's more than just paying the mortgage. You always have projects and you always have stuff that you're going to be spending money on. And it's important to upkeep your, your home. So I know a lot of you getting ready for these government homes. By the way, um, the National Housing Trust, nobody has responded to my email yet. They're a hot mess. Um, no one has responded to my email, but... You know, when you get in there, I know some people don't like the concept of um, affordable housing being put together, but one of the reasons why it works is because you buy blocks and parcels of land, and then you have contractors come in and basically build the same house over and over again with maybe one or two little modifications. Frank Hall has done it, and Frank Hall has done it very, very successfully. So I think it's a model that can lead to affordability and can certainly work. But those people have to maintain their homes. If you get people in there who are not maintaining their homes and in four or five years, that neighborhood is all run down. It's such a shame to see those areas. Good morning, Ms. Barbara. Um, Ms. Barbara says, good morning, um, everyone. In my opinion, taking on a strata is like is like creating tax in a tax-free country yeah it's a mess honey child oh miss darlene says i'm happy to see the reduction in my cuc bill another lady said morning sandy i got my cuc bill and it's 134 dollars and 56 cents now mine not that low but wow good morning miss darlene morning well it's snowing i'm sitting here by my window oh you got snow today no fresh oh it's beautiful oh my god no snow snow we should get a lot of snow from nice from nine o'clock this morning till five it's pretty so we should have a lot of nice oh, wow. pushy stuff out there those kids are happy nice. but you know what i said now listening to the show sandy and i remember i wish that these some these are past days that would come back the mm -hmm. days that even me building my house Mm -hmm. We had such community help. I remember my dad building his house mm -hmm. and all he did was buy the material mm -hmm. every weekend. Mm -hmm. And even with me in the 90s and early to, um, you know, late 90s, I was building my first house and I had people that come that you all you did, you make sure you got enough food, you, you cook up enough food, you got guys that do mason, you got to do those days are gone. And I'm thinking, what if? communities would do that young people trying to build a house you know volunteer sometime because the the major thing for me finding home with, with doing any repairs home is the is the material but we have a lot of skilled people that mm -hmm. if they're even like some little groups of people that are there and a lot of companies make a lot of money why not like 
you know, give back. Like, I don't know. I just yeah. think that it, it was so much easier when, you know, they'll come up and say, okay, can I come in and help you run up a couple hundred blocks? That happened. Now we have the pay. Yes, I know we have to pay, but what, 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 and it still happens in a lot of communities around Jamaica is known for that. Honduras is known. Philippines even, mm-hmm. I'm sure, mm-hmm. is known for people just come together as a community and say, you know, you got some masons over here. You got some, some carpenters over there. You got some plumbers. Um, and I think a lot of it too is that we have to go through so much blue tape, red tape, yellow mm-hmm. tape, whatever it is. If we can do, I don't mean it to say like we do um, work that is not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. People yeah, just yeah, come yeah. in. They don't know what they're doing. But <laughs> but remember now, every nail that we put, which is, it could be good and bad, but we can still have help from the planning to guide us. Mm. As long as you know that they're reputable people, you're looking at each stage of the job, you know, still making sure that it's it's structure wise and stuff according to plan Mm -hmm, but I think mm -hmm. that that is the hardest part of a young person now is all of those bills of planning and all of that that they have to come up with is is more than than you know what you can imagine so I I'm just sitting here listening to you and saying yes you know we could we can get a lot more if if people would turn turn back to some of that you know give give back some community because we mm-hmm. got some good builders over there uh and and so forth so yeah that was just what i'm thinking about okay as we talk about building absolutely yeah thank you so okay, much Miss all right so some beautiful snow in the uk nice i like it let me just take a quick commercial break um i need to do something and we'll be right back after these messages
right, folks. Woo, honey chow. Y'all must have been like, where's Sandy gone? Oh, I started having an episode with my foot. <laughs> and when it starts, oh my God, I cannot explain the level of discomfort that it is. So I had to grab a couple of things. I grabbed an ice pack. Miss Stacy's in here today because normally I would have messaged her and said, oh my God, Miss Stacy, I need an ice pack for my foot. So I grabbed an ice pack to help cool it down. And then I've got my Voltaren now. And this, this feels like this is going to be quite an episode. So I pulled out the TENS machine as well. Because, yeah, I can feel what's coming. I mean, I can feel what's here. And also by extension, what's coming. So the ball of the foot. Um, oh, my God. I went to Dr. Anthony the other day, and he's like, you know, I'm thinking it's kind of nerve pain. Like, I just keep going and getting no real answers. I think it can be a number of different things. Um, but, you know, basically, folks, it's something that I'm having to live with. And I can tell you that any kind of um, chronic pain that you have to live with, it's not nice. Not nice. And it just literally, I'm standing here, minding my own business, doing my show. And it's like within seconds, I can feel it starting. So as Miss Darlene was speaking, I could feel it coming on. Um, and that's why... If she noticed, I was a little bit abrupt towards the end of talking to her there. So now this will last, folks. Um, it's starting now. I'm just watching the time. This will literally last anywhere from, depending on how severe it is, um, from, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes it goes way beyond that. And so I've got to do things very, very quickly to get it under control. And I've definitely noticed that it's associated with like when I wear closed-toed shoes and I haven't worn them in a while, they're constricting the feet. Things like that will definitely um, oh, will definitely set it off. So cold is supposed to help, you know, icing it. Um, what I probably should have done last night because I wore these particular shoes when I got home, but I was so tired. I probably should have iced it then. Didn't think about it. Um, no, Miss Stacy didn't. Oh, Miss Stacy didn't get a day off, honey show. She's working, just not here. Morning, Miss Stacy. Hello. You take me off the air. Huh? Take, I, me off the take you off the air. Take me off. Yeah. I I can't call if you're I can't take you off the air because you're calling the show. <laughs> you're calling the show phone. How am I supposed <laughs> to take you off the air if you're calling the show phone? Okay, I'm just sending you a message. Okay. I always send a message. <laughs> All right. Um, huh? Can't take you off the air if you're if you're calling the show phone. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I am uh whew, I'm icing it. Let me just put it that way. Oh god. Um, no, she's 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 doing something, something else. Uh ooh, honey child, this pain. So when it's really bad, these TENS machines have been a lifesaver, I must tell you, because in real time, um, I had to get a new one the other day. They really work in real time. So I don't know if you guys have ever used a TENS machine before, but basically it sends these electric shocks to the area that you're having pain. And that feels better than the pain. It helps to numb the area, essentially. So um I'm constantly buying the little replacement pads because you got to change them every so often. So I'm going to show y'all a little bit of what I do. I have a whole storage area full of these um, TENS 
This is a 107,000 OTC electrodes. And um, they come in different sizes and different shapes and stuff. Because you can pretty much use this on most places on the body. You have to be careful, though. You can't use it everywhere. So um, let me see. Now, these are small. Oh, no, these are too small. So these are the really small ones. These are too small. I need to get the bigger ones. Uh, give me one second. Oh, my foot. Ah. Oh, my God. You guys don't know the pain that I'm in. You don't know the pain that I'm in right now. <laughs> oh my God, it is so uncomfortable. It's it's hard to describe. If you've never had it, um, the worst thing is when it starts when I'm like driving and stuff, because it can start um, anywhere, anywhere, anytime, driving, sleeping. It's the most uncomfortable thing. Give me one quick second, folks. Let me grab some other electrodes because this is not the right one. I need the bigger ones today for sure. Okay, one second. folks. Um, so this is normally the size that I use on my foot. So these are brand new ones. So I'm going to put these on here shortly and I'm going to crank up the volume on my little TENS machine. Again, if you suffer from chronic pain, folks, um, I sympathize with you and you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about here. Oh my God. Um, so yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yes, honey chill. Uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, the ice helps to kind of numb the area. Um, and, um, you know, I've got my Voltaren rub. That'll help and stuff as well. I think the Voltaren rub, I almost should use it daily, but when it's not hurting, you kind of do forget about it until it starts. And then you're like, oh my God, seriously. Seriously, people? Seriously. All right. So we plug these electrodes in here. And then you peel it off and you stick it where you have the pain. So I'm going to put these on right now. Y'all getting a real lifetime visual. <laughs> of what I have to do. So I'm going to actually stick this on the area of exactly where I'm having the pain. And then I'm going to turn it on. Oh my God. So I'm actually going to do both feet because although only one foot is hurting right now, I can assure you it's only a matter of time before the other one is going to start. But most of the time it's my right feet because I put more pressure on that foot. And then this is my little tens machine. Can y'all see it? It has two of the electrode things, but I'm only using one side at the moment. Oh my God. And then I turn it on. 
and I'm going to crank it all the way up to whatever I can bear. So I've got it in normal mode. They have different modes and 150 hertz uh, with 360 minutes. And I literally turn it up till it hurts, but it makes the pain. Oh, it makes the pain. It, it, it hurts in a way, like it doesn't feel, it's not a nice feeling, but it feels better than the pain, if that makes any sense. Does that make sense? And then you can actually put on top of that, you can use an iPad. So when I go to physio for this, they kind of do the same thing. They have a, a physio level, um, like a professional level TENS machine, and they do it, then they put the ice on top of it. So I'm going to still use the ice as well. Oh my God. Anyway. Oh, let's just pray that we can get through the rest of the show because this is honestly the most uncomfortable thing. I mean, I, I would rather have back pain than foot pain because it's just, it's, it's like a pain and it hurts, but it's also uncomfortable because it's like needling and like sometimes it's like a jabbing pain and it's just... Lord Jesus, y'all pray for me this morning that I get some relief really, really quickly. Um, you know, and I would have to literally be taking a thousand milligrams or more of painkillers to kind of keep this at bay if I was trying to control it with pain meds. So that's why I try to do alternative stuff. So if you know me, I've always got um, Voltaren rub all over the place. I've got another one called Volite or something. I think Spanish people use that one. I've got a number of different rubs that I, I use. What can I say? All right, Miss Perla, good morning. Um, she says to make sure you wear your jacket and long pants. Be safe out there. Uh, Miss Sue says, I have one of those TENS machines. My foot problems is the nerve. Sometimes it's bad. Yes, Sandy, very uncomfortable. They told me it's neuro neurological. I saw the surgeon at Health City. And I, I think that, um, you know, I've been, I've been seeing Dr. Um, What's the podiatrist name? Dr. Anthony for years now. And, you know, the last time I saw him, he said to me, um, th there's something called like general neuropathy. Like they don't really know what's causing it. And it's like where the nerves themselves are damaged. And so he kind of thinks that ultimately that's what it is. I can kind of tell you what triggers it. There are different things that trigger it. So sometimes, like I said, wearing shoes that I haven't worn in a while that are closed in and they put pressure on the ball of the foot that, you know, um, causes it. Um, that'll cause a flare up. I don't wear high heels anymore because, again, putting too much pressure on the ball of foot with a high heel will trigger an episode. But sometimes I don't do any of those things and I can still have an episode come on because it might be walking too much. When I was in Greece, oh my God, every day in Greece, I was using my TENS machines. I traveled with it, thankfully. I remember to pack it. And, you know, after walking for hours outside, the second I got on the bus back to the hotel, I was having to manually massage and try to manipulate um, that area of the foot because I could feel it coming. So it's just one of those things. We all live with something. And I guess I still have to be so incredibly thankful because I suppose it could be worse. But it's definitely not a nice pain, but thank you. Strong will says get Marlon to give you a massage. I have foot massagers, which it's like you have to do the massage before the episode comes on to kind of help the area. 
Otherwise, once it's on, massaging doesn't really help. Um, inspiring says use heat instead of cold. You know, inspiring, I thought the exact same thing, but the doctor, the medical professionals, have actually told me that what will help with the pain is actually the cold and not the heat. Heat makes it feel better in the sense that we like warm things, but to actually help alleviate the pain, it's the cold that you need. So I don't know. Morning, Jessica. Morning, Marcia. Um, Marcia said she was using hers this morning. Your TENS machine? Do you have a TENS machine? Um, yeah, honey child, we gotta, we gotta use whatever it takes. Thank you, um, Jessica. Miss Sue has a TENS machine as well. If you don't have one, um, you know, check it out. Because if you have chronic pain, I, I discovered a TENS machine when I'd injured my tailbone, which is a very unbelievable injury. And I was doing physio for months and months and months. And they finally said, listen, we're going to make a recommendation here. Um, there's something called a TENS machine that you should probably get. Because then you get to, when you're having a flare up, you get to manage the pain a little bit. And I can tell you that over the years, um, you know, you can just, it's just an amazing tool that you can use for all sorts of pain. I have back pain. I have, you know. Uh, I've used it for tennis elbow. It really is an amazing little device. So get yourself one. I bought a wireless one the other day that I haven't tried yet. Anyway, um, thank you all so much for your messages. Um, Debs said, sorry about your foot pain. At least your hair looks fantastic. <laughs> There's something for you. Uh, thank you, Miss Darlene. Um, she says, Sandy, imagine that I've lost my two feet and I still have crazy pain. It's called Python pain. Yes, I've heard about this before where your brain, because, you know, pain is pain, but it's actually sending signals to your brain. Um, it's the same thing when people lose a limb, but they still feel the limb there. So your brain has processed that pain, I guess, for so many years when it was actually there, that although technically you don't have it anymore, um, your brain still processes the pain. It is a very weird thing. Um, another listener to the program says, good morning. The government wants to get contractors now, not the friend or friend who knows contractors and the single person in construction was good builders. I have two working on my house. Um, I had to work on my house in the very late 1990s. Uh, the person goes on to say, I know what you're talking about, Sandy, with chronic pain and it's not good. I have to try to buy one of these pains machine to ease my pain. Oh my gosh, the pain is not good. I have a heating pad and it helps. And when I go in on like this, I have to wait until um, it's almost burning me to get some relief. I know. Is it your feet as well? I'm curious. Um, yeah, foot pain is no joke, Chael. And like I said, it takes you um, it takes you at the most unbelievable times. <laughs> like sleeping. I'm like, oh my God, not now. It's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to get a couple hours of sleep. Or when I'm driving. Oh. It's horrible. This person says, it's like when I turned 30, my body started complaining. <laughs> and they say they have this Voltaren pain as well. Um, mm -hmm. All right, let's carry on. Um, yes. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And honey, let me tell you something. When you are in pain, your brain just doesn't even work the same way. Um, I'm going to crank it up just a little bit more. I can go from, in terms of the levels, from zero all the way up to eight. And right now I'm at, uh, I'm at a four. Ooh, yes, I'm at a good four now because I can feel that. Ooh, honey, chill. Get yourself a TENS machine. They're, they're, uh, they have different modes and stuff, but sometimes I have to let this run for an hour. And that's the only way that I'm going to get this under control. And I can feel that this is probably one of those episodes today. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. You know, whatever this is, though, I'm going to tell you something interesting. It has definitely gotten worse, um, I suspect, because of the extra pounds that some of us are carrying, a.k.a. me. But this is something that I have always had because I remember as a very young child experiencing this pain. So I don't know, like, you know, Dr. Anthony said, part of it is like mechanics because I am what you call a um, heavy foot person. Like I work, I walk very, very, like when I walk, you hear me coming, like, don't, don't, like I put a lot of, like just the way that I walk, I put a lot of impact on my feet. And my ball of the foot, again, because of how I walk, seems to be taking the greatest impact of all. And so I think that that's what this is. But yeah, even as a child, I had um, this pain as well. Um, Shaka Zulu can relate to tailbone injury, sounds like. So there's not much can be done either, mainly time to heal. And man, I have never, this is working out, going to the gym, something I did to my tailbone. I didn't even know that we had a tailbone, honey chill. I was like, what the hell, a tailbone? But yes, that is uncomfortable because it forms part of the back, but it is like the connected part that connects you, your back and your bottom. So sitting down wasn't comfortable. Lying down wasn't comfortable. A lot of times with that injury, I simply had to stand up and, um, you know, standing. You can't stand all the time. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying, I try not to do any pain meds, Miss Debbie. Um, although... Today might have to, today might have to be the day, honey chill. Were these some pain, um, do y'all remember the other day I was going to take some tablets? Or was it pain meds that I was going to take? I can't even remember now. Hold on. Here I am about to swallow tablets and I have no idea what they are. Um, yeah, I kind of think that these were pain meds. They're white. I can't find the box now. Because I was complaining about a headache, right? But then when I started, when I took the sinus tablet, that went away. Well, I'm going to take these. I think these are like 400 milligrams each. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take these today. Because, mm. um, mm-hmm. this is, I can feel that this is going to be a harder episode than usual. All right, let's get back to business, honey chow. Enough about me and my pain. Ooh, I'll just deal with it. Uh, no, it's not uh, sciatica. Is that how you pronounce it? It's not that. This is just foot pain, honey. Um, so as Brenda says, have you had your back check? Yes. Um, the back pain is... And I haven't had back pain in a while. And I'll, I'll tell you all a little story about this. Child, y'all going to be all up in my business. Y'all going to know everything about me here shortly. Mm-hmm. 
So over the years, I've suffered from back pain because the good Lord decided to give me more on the top than I really needed. My aunt, she's an East Ender. She says, honey, child, more than a handful is a waste. Mm -hmm. And I believe her. So um, being top heavy <laughs> is not what it's chalked up to be. I know you men are all into that. Oh, my honey, child, she got some nice looking bubbies. No. Um, it has always been, uh, I don't want to say a curse, but it, it has always been, you know, a very uncomfortable situation. So, yes, the good Lord blessed me. He forgot to give some of y'all because I see some of y'all walk around flat chested. I'm like, listen here, I got some for you, you know. So he gave me too much. And, um, of course, the ironic thing is when you already have too much and then you turn around and you gain weight, where do you gain it first? In your boobs. I'm like, Really? You can't give me a little bonk here or something else. Come on now. What's going on? So, anywho. Ah, honey, chill. So, a lot of, over the years, a lot of that was due to being top heavy. Yes? So, um, I had chronic back pain for years, and I finally said uh, many, many years ago, okay, this is enough. These boobs have got to go. Uh-huh. That's exactly how it happened. I was tired of the back pains. It, it, it impacted my quality of life. Like there were things that I wanted to do, even in terms of exercising, that I was limited because, you know, these boobs all the way, yum, 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 yum. So anywho, um, somebody says, but Sandy, you have bonke. Now you see it because the boobs are smaller. Before they were in your face. You were like, oh, girl, all you got are breastuses. Mm -hmm. So anywho, I went and had them reduced. I had a breast reduction. Yes. And, um, oh, praise the Lord. So there's still, there's still more than a handful. I can assure you of that. But now they're more manageable. And so because of that, over the years, um, I have been able to, you know, reduce the amount of pain. And, and I had it, it was a medical, it was medically necessary to have them reduced. And so even insurance and stuff covered it. And um, yeah, so that has helped a lot with the back pain. So that was putting a lot of strain on my back. And then it freed me up after that. I was able to play tennis more and, you know, start to exercise more. So over the years, that has helped um, with the weight and stuff as well, to be quite honest. Um, you know, there was a time when I was like really, really, really slim. And again, I was like one of those stick figures. It was like stick like this. And then you went, bloop, bloop. those were the boobs. I was like, come on, this is ridiculous. Ah, what a hot mess. Anywho, um, if you've ever had, you know, reduction there and it was a medically necessary reduction, you know what I'm talking about, honey chill. Um, so yes, they are a bit more manageable now and um, it improves the quality of your life. Like sometimes you've got to do these things. It's not because you're trying to be vain or whatever. Like I said, when the, when the Lord was there with his little notebook giving everybody a little something, something, I think he skipped the person in front of me and behind me. You know, he made them flat chested. He must have thought they were men. Made them flat chested and then gave me all theirs. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? What a mess. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Alejandro says he, he used the word bubbles ever since he had a little daughter. But teach her the proper words for things and um, everything. Yeah. So Everton says the best pain medicine is Advil, dual action. Someone recommended that medicine to me. And it was the best thing to ease the pain. It's even better than smoking weed. Whew. Don't make Alejandro here. You say that now. Honey, child, he going to be like, what? 
Um, try researching turmeric, preferably with slight black pepper specks in green. Well, I try not to take anything at all, Shaka Zulu, internally if I can, but there are times when I may not have a choice. All right. Y'all are having a good laugh. Uh, Voltaren cream does nothing for me, but it's good stuff made. Oh, this is the one. I think this is the one that I was telling. Volini? Is this the one? I think they all have the similar and the same ingredients as Voltaren. But I believe this is the one I was talking about that I have in the car. I have it in the car, but I'm going to, I'll check it later and let you know. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yes, this person says it's called phantom pain, not python pain. Not sure if that was autocorrection. Probably, yes, phantom pain. Yeah, just like a phantom limb. Um, yeah. All right. So I think I have this Volini. I got all kind of rubs, honey, chill. All right, so police and EMS and fire are at South Sound Dock. Someone is getting CPR. Uh-oh. Oh, Lord. Uh-oh. Oh, geez. Um, hopefully they're okay. I was still sad of the water if I were y'all. I mean, I haven't gone out there to look and see what it looks like, but don't, don't go out there. <laughs> Sandy, you made me laugh when you referenced to your top. It's exactly what I was thinking. My friend did a reduction and she's been back freeing pee. Uh, back freeing pee. Back She's been back pain-free, say that five times, back pain-free for years. Yes, no, that's, listen, y'all think, I mean, it's, it might be a little bit funny, but I can tell y'all something, um, back pain and having that extra weight, even if it's just a pound, you know how much weight you're carrying around every single day? It's not like you can take off your boobs and be like, oh, let me just take it off and set it down so I can get a break. They're with you 24-7. You're lying down there with you. You're standing up there with you. You're exercising there with you. That extra weight, honey, gel can really do numbers. Mm -mm. Um, so someone is asking, had you heard a story on the other where someone, okay, that yeah, that's the same story with Penny. They're asking about the Penny story. I think they're just hearing it. Um, but that guy was actually Jamaican. So let me give you guys an update. Penny, um, what's her last name again? AKA Karen. Um, she is the lady who decided to spit at a worker there at um, Penny Bird. Is that her name? Yes. She decided to spit at a worker in a construction site in her neighborhood. So... Um, we contacted the police. Remember a couple days ago, I said that they had not responded and I was going to reach out to them yet again. Um, I see Penny has, she thinks she's so smart. She has changed out her profile picture on Facebook to um, a beach scene. Penny, that's not going to help you. If we want a photo of you, we can get it any day of the week, honey child. You can't hide from nobody. Anyway, this is what the RCIPS had to say. Um, and this is why it is important that you guys do your part when it comes to, if you are a victim, as a victim, you have got to stand up and do your part. So basically, the RCIPS said that they had, in fact, received the complaint from a third party. So they confirmed 
that part of it. But unfortunately, they um, can't do anything about it because the victim themselves have not come forward. So unless the victim comes forward and files a complaint, the RCIPS can't do anything about it. Isn't that crazy? Good morning, caller. Good morning. Hello there. How are you? I am good. I am good. Um, I didn't call for that, but I'm going to say this before I say what I called for. Mm -hmm. And when the victim comes forward, they'll say, oh, well, you know, we need your witnesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I just yeah. wanted to tell you about two other things mm -hmm. that you might want to try on your feet for okay. me. Mm -hmm. um, but before I say that, if I were you, I would go to a neurosurgeon and I would have my back properly checked. Because mm -hmm. usually when pain is radiating to the foot, that is coming from the back. And somewhere in the lower back, and I, and I can speak back pain. Um, but there's something called Salon Pass, S-A-L-O-N-P-A-S. And mm -hmm. it's a deep relieving gel. So, of course, it's a topical. You mm -hmm. can put it on in any area that hurts. And I find it very, very um, effective. Okay. And then I discovered something. Well, I guess this is a newer product. I found something made by a leaf. And this comes in a spray as well as um, a gel. Mm -hmm. And the gel comes with the little roller balls. So you don't, they make the gel, some of the little roller balls, but you don't even have to get it on your hands. Mm -hmm. And I find them both very effective. Mm -hmm. So you might want to try that instead of gold tower. All and right. Even though you're not, yeah, so send, send, me the, send me the name of those two off here because what I can do is go and see which pharmacy mm -hmm. has those. But yeah, I'll try yeah, anything. Let, let me just say I have not found either one of these in Cayman. Oh, I you have to get them online. Yeah. Mm. Well, or the next time you're in Miami, yes. Walgreens or Walmart, uh -huh. and um, you can find all of them there. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, but I'm I even... can just send you the pictures of them. Sure. Okay, thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I've even um, sometimes I go online on Amazon and I read the reviews for different types of um, like there's some specific to people who have nerve pain. It's like a numbing cream and stuff like that. Try, I will try anything. I will try anything. I even, uh, Alejandro, you'll be happy to hear this. Um, I, I do go to pain management specialists in relation to my feet. So sometimes I go to physiotherapy and I do um, shockwave therapy. I do all sorts of stuff. Acupuncture, like everything. And um, so she had taken, she had done a custom rub for me. <clears throat> so I actually went to a specialist uh, podiatrist in Miami. They basically told me the same thing that Dr. Anthony was saying. Some shoes will help and, you know, whatever. So um, she gave me a prescription for the States. But of course, you know, to get it filled there. And it's one of those drugs. This is where, you know, those doctors are in cahoots with these companies, right? It's one of those drugs that, was hard to find. It was a rub. And so when I went to some of the pharmacies, they're like, oh, we don't even stock this. You got to go to like this other pharmacy. And I'm like, really? Come to find out the rub, little, little thing of it, $2,000. Listen to me. I didn't say $200, you know, 
$2,000 for some rub by some company. I can't even remember what the heck it is now. So when I went to the pain management specialist here, I showed her the prescription. She looked it up. You know, they got their little database of drugs. And um, she looked it up and she said, oh, we can have this custom made for you. So y'all may not know, but we actually have a, what would they be called? Dispensary, I guess. Um, not just a dispensary, but there is a lab at Doctors Hospital. I think they're the only ones on island that have this lab where they can custom make um, topical solutions and stuff. So she said, I'm going to write up the prescription, ask them to put all this stuff and, you know, how much of this, how much of that. And she said, compounding pharmacy. Thank you, Miss Amy. You guys are so smart. Um, and yeah, so they're going to make this compound. And she said, um, I'm going to ask them to put, if you don't mind, some, um, what, what's your, what's your ganja extract called again? Some, um, uh, mm, oh, no idea. The one that's legal and came out. What's it called? Anyway, that one. C CBD. Thank you. We'll add some of that to it. And I said, all right, whatever. It did not help one bit. In fact, because of the consistency of it, and I don't know what was causing the consistency, if it was a CBD or something else in it. It was very, very difficult to use because you're supposed to use like four or five times a day. And I'm like, mm, who's going to be rubbing their feet four or five times a day? Anyway, the consistency of it, it was very, very challenging to even use it. And then it had an expiration date. So you had to use it within a certain amount of time. Oh, child. So the yeah, the cannabis thing was in there. So that didn't work out too good for me. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I'm loving these strawberries. These are some good strawberries. Mm -mm -mm. This person said, Sandy, all, has anyone considered the possibility that Penny and or her employer has paid the victim um, to not charge and keep quiet about the whole incident? I don't know, but I can tell you that the police have said, unfortunately, if the victim doesn't come forward, then there's nothing they can do about it. I think the police need to reevaluate um, how this works. Now, we got some breaking news I'm going to tell you all. Get ready for this story about the guy with the importation of the guns. Looks like this guy is going to walk scot-free, and I'm going to tell you why. Caller, good morning. Yes, and I just want to let you know about the CBD oil thing. All mm -hmm. it is is a placebo, like, like how you say the pain register in your mind. And it remembers how the pain feel. The placebo effect is the same way. The CBD oil, you take it, you sit down, you believe that it's going to work, and it's going to work. Same way with how it is with smoking marijuana. It's a spiritual connection with your feelings. If you can tend to forget about certain things, you won't even feel the pain. So, but, but, but smoking marijuana does not take away smoking, the psychological so Smoking marijuana doesn't actually help with pain? That's all in your head? No, it, it, it does. It does. It does. But I'm telling you, the CBD part is a placebo effect. So it really doesn't do anything. But that doesn't make no do sense. Anything. Because like, if it's like, an extract from the marijuana, it, it, exactly, it'd be the same thing. Exactly, Sonny. Exactly, Let me explain to you something. It's just the same way how you can take um, a tea 
and put sugar inside of it because you want to get it down. It's sweet. It tastes good. But if you take the sugar out, it's the same way. How will you use the placebo effect? It's going to just extract something that is working and just put into something that does not work. So it doesn't, it, it's confusing. When you think of it, THC and CBD is found in marijuana. If you take the THC out, you're basically taking out the whole entire point. You're taking out the whole entire point. It's like a mm. diet drink. You're going to drink soda. Look here, you drink soda and it said diet or sugar-free. What is going to replace the sugar? Mm. You know, like you need sugar in a soda, right? But then they're going to replace it and say it's sugar-free. Um. So CBD, CBD oil, Ms. Anna saying it doesn't work. It works, but it's a placebo thing. It's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. If you don't like marijuana, it definitely not going to work for you. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna register it, Sonny, because you just don't you don't get it. You're not <laughs> you're not there for using it. And I get you, and it's cool. It's all right, but it works for other people. Lord have mercy. It either works or yeah, it doesn't like, work like, out. Like how you can like like how you can trust odd bills and painkillers and all these type of things. That's just as bad as using cocaine, you know that, right? Uh, you do know that, right? Because cocaine numbs feelings as far as I can remember hearing about it cocaine numbs your feelings same way how advil would numb your feeling it doesn't it doesn't fix the problem if you if you have a car sandy and your car shows that check engine light just because someone smashed that check engine light off and didn't fix the problem does that mean that the problem is fixed because the light is off um i'm gonna i'm gonna be very no, honest right? with you this morning alejandro you have lost me I know I did because you're not going to get it. You do not want to comprehend that. <laughs> Trust me, it's the not. Painkiller, the pain, the pharmaceuticals are only there so that it can take away the pain temporary. It doesn't fix anything. Uh... It doesn't fix anything. It's just like it's just like wiping the check engine light on a car without fixing the problem. It's going to not remind you about it. That's all. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, so right. there's no cure for anything, not even my ganja, my ganja not a cure, but hey, it's a whole lot better than taking several different ingredients in one little tiny pill. A whole lot better. Um, all righty. Yeah, yeah. You guys think of it the way you want. I mean, marijuana can be used as tea too, <laughs> like, how you, like how you love taking tea, Sandy. It's not going to hurt you. You oh, might just God. fall asleep one or two times. Take it in a night. You might have a great sleep. How how are you how are you ingesting this marijuana, sir? Um obviously I'm smoking it. Okay. And smoking anything does what to, to you? Smoking let, let's nah, go, let's go back to class one oh one. Smoking anything does uh, what to you? I am doing it recreationally. I'm it don't make no it difference. It doesn't make any difference. Um Alejandro, smoking okay. does what to you? Come on, say it, it with me now. Better. Huh? It makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing your word games. <laughs> word games. Smoking. Anything you smoke or insert into your lungs, any foreign object is going to do what to you? Come on now, Alejandro. I know you know what it's doing to your body. It's not word games. It's it called a cold, hard it's truth. Helping, it's helping. Look here. It's called. It's called you getting high on life. You're breathing air, and you're still delusional. 
<laughs> Thank you, Alejandro. Lord Jesus. Good morning, caller. <laughs> Sandy, you know? uh, one, one second time, the caller on the phone. We got Miss Darlene here. Yes, Miss Darlene. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Make him go first because I done got a caller. Make him go first. All right. Go ahead, um, caller. Are you, 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 are you getting all this? I stand by. I stand by because he, he, I've been this my second time. Growing on me now. Growing on me now. Try the thing, Sandra. Try the thing. Go on, Miss Darlene. Lord have mercy. Uh, Rough C says smoking cigarettes does the same thing. So what's the difference? Well, I don't advocate smoking anything. There's nothing that you can smoke that would be healthy for you, Rough C's. So yes, just like vaping isn't healthy for you either. Lord Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Well, you know, you know, some sometimes Sunday, I I know I love Alejandro. I don't know him, but let me tell you something. When he's on the show, I feel lost. But anyhow, <laughs> we know his thing. But let me tell you something. He got a lot of points, you know. I could tell you of being a double, of losing the limb. You think the mind has a lot to do. You know, I when I first lost. Oh, there's the no doubt leg, that the mind is a very powerful the, instrument. Yes, and I'll tell you why. I used to um, how I still this is twelve years now, and I've still I still have severe pain. I have to take some strong medication, so most every day actually to to try to help these pains. And in and the medication that I was prescribed here is to do with the mental part of it as well. So what what the therapy that I was was told to do when I when I lost the first leg was to lie on a bed mm-hmm. with a mirror opposite side of the one the leg that was still on. So what I was supposed to do was to work with your mind, you know, work with my mind and mm-hmm. tell my mind that um that leg was there because remember the reflection. And at that time that was one of the things that were were fixing my pain, to be honest, you, and they teach you how to, and I'm sure you probably went through these things with having chronic pain, like you said, mm-hmm. teach you how to condition it, how to manage it with thinking. So I kind of think like, because when you're smoking weed, you go into a type of meditation, you know. So well, it is definitely mind altering, that's for be. sure. No, I mean, I, I can see what it's, yeah, where it's mind-altering, and it's not always mind-altering in a good way. Um, but listen to me. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, like there's, tons, saying, you know, there's tons of research know. that has proven that the mind is, is very, very powerful. And that's why placebo drugs, that's why there's something called the placebo effect, right? Um, having said that, I mean, what can you control with your mind? There are people who can lower their blood pressure. That's why meditation is important. There's lots of things that you can do. That doesn't mean that you have to ingest anything foreign into your body. You can try um, to, you know, do certain things with your mind. But let's be honest that the body is also a physical body and pain is also very, very real. Um, So most of us, and and I, I don't want people to ever dismiss, like when people talk about they have chronic pain, there's chronic pain disorders and stuff that, um, you know, people suffer from. I don't want us to ever minimize those things saying, oh, well, just don't think about it. You know, just wish it away. Positive thinking will make your pain go away because we also know that that's not the case. There are times no. that you do need the help of modern medicine 
Um, just like you would not go yeah, into a surgery and be like, oh, I can just be in the zone and meditate while you cut me open. <laughs> You're going to be in extreme pain. No, it's right? not. It's not. But it all works together. Believe me, it, it all works together. You, like I just say, I have to take some good medication, you know, mm-hmm. at, at time to, to work with it. But again, you know, that medication that we are getting sometimes from the doctors is maybe even worse than what the you know the best medicine that Alejandro will recommend. Well, I'm but, gonna um, I'm gonna go with what know, Live has to say. It, Here, Live um, says nothing go. should enter our body via smoke, and that's the bottom line. Um, you know, I I don't. If you want to do medicinal things, drinking teas or whatever, but anytime you smoke something, you can't talk to me about the health benefits of smoking anything. I don't care what it is. It could be it could be a piece of paper. The mere fact of smoking it means that you are creating carcinogens, even smoke meat. I love, I know y'all love your jerk chicken and your jerk this and whatever. There is a direct correlation to smoking anything, even meat. That's carcinogens, that black stuff that you see on there, that soot, that gets into your lungs, that gets into your body. That is unhealthy. It will kill you. Simple as that. Thank you, Miss. Yeah, that's why that's why those countries, those countries like Japan and them have the highest rate of that kind of thing because of yeah. the carbon. Uh, all of it is is what I and listen, you know, a lot of people but, here in the Caribbean. I mean, I always feel sorry for people who work at the jerk stand because I wonder if they themselves recognize how much smoke realize, they are inhaling yes. on a regular basis. And that is not healthy for you. I mean, you know, we all like a little jerk no. chicken here and there. But I can tell you that when you sit there day in and day out and you're digesting that for stuff, years. that ain't good for your lungs. Yeah. But I just want to put in a two because, you know, he, um, Alejandro, my little buddy there, he he does study that. So, you know, we kind of like, you know, to each his own. He's, he's, he's okay right. with what he does. So it doesn't mean we have to do it, but... You have to love him. You have to love Alejandro. He's always making his contribution. I enjoy listening to him, to be mm-hmm. honest. Okay. All Take right, my dear. Um, what a hot mess. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about this case um this morning. Because um, yeah, I mean, listen, Al says he agrees with Alejandro. No medicines for me. I believe in nature. Um, listen, to each his own, I think that you know. All of these things have a place. Uh, just like I'm a big proponent of acupuncture, that is um, something that they can't always, a, a, a medical doctor can't tell you how acupuncture works, but the research can tell you that it does work for a lot of people. And so you you do you know what works, but that doesn't hurt you. Because there's a difference between saying, okay, try natural options, but if the natural options are harmful to you, then what's the point? And there's a lot of things, let me be very, very clear. There are a lot of things in nature that are natural. So is cocaine. Go get the cocoa plant. You know, there are a lot of things in nature that can be very, very harmful for you. There are trees that you eat them, ake, you eat it at the wrong time of its development, and you will get poisoned. So just because something is grown in nature does not mean that inherently it is healthy for you. And I hear people trying to make that argument all the time when it comes to the weed. They're like, oh, well, it's, it's mother nature. Yeah, so is poison. You know, there are plants that grow in Mother Nature, berries and all kind of stuff, mushrooms, that if you eat them, they will kill you. So just because Mother Nature is out there growing it don't mean that you should be ingesting it. So the question you have to ask yourself is, 
whatever you're taking in, is it harming or is it healing you? If you are smoking it, it's harming you. And that will eventually kill you. Okay? Alejandro, you're still young. I don't know how old you are, but say you're 30. Come and talk to me in the next 15 or 20 years. And we're going to talk about your health after you've been smoking weed for all these years. Particularly your lung health. We just celebrated Barb Marley's birthday. He's a Rasta. Don't believe in nothing. You know, don't want to go to the doctor, whatever. What killed him? Cancer. Why? Because he wouldn't do anything about it. He was just going to keep smoking his ganja. That was his choice. The ganja never saved him. You know, um, you have a you have a choice, obviously. Alejandro, we're not going down this rabbit hole this morning. You had one phone call already. Just leave the conversation there because I do want to get on to what is going to be a shocking development in this case for you guys. All right. Remember the guy with the gun importation? Um, the guy, the Canadian Russian guy. This man is about to walk. And what I want to say about this is <laughs> there is something to be said. Let me get up, let me pull up his name again. There's something to be said for having legal counsel. So this is the Russian citizen and Canadian citizen, dual citizen, Anton Perigin. Because there is, yes. Hello? It's Sandy, you know, you use Bob Marley um, to refer things like as if I was to be a Rastafarian, you know, I don't, I'm not religious, right? You know that, right? That that that's not so the point not, of, not, of not, that not example. Even, but but the thing the thing is about it, Bob Marley was pretty much a radical religion. He 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 always believed that if God put me on this planet, the way how I come, I should go the same way. But if you use a if you lose a little pinky toe just to save your life, why not? Why not? That's his problem. He was ignorant, like you say. I'm not like that. If someone was telling me something to save my life at the moment, if I was told, and it shows proof that, yes, it can help save my life, I'm going to do it. I'm not like him. I'm not an ignorant person. The problem is I'm trying to get a point to you. You can't understand. And I'm trying to get a point to a lot of people out there, and they just can't understand. That's their choice. It's not my fault you want to be stupid. Okay, Alejandro. <laughs> okay. Um mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <sighs> All right. Let me um try to break this down for you folks. Uh this guy and like I was saying there's something to be said for getting really good legal counsel. You know, um, this is where the divide is between the haves and the have-nots. I mean, I've seen it myself. If you don't have money and resources to hire smart legal counsel, that means you get, you know, the bottom of the barrel. And those are people who don't, no, necessarily, 
what it is that they are. <laughs> Magna Opus says, oh, for Christ's sake, can we move on from mindless conversations that do not hold no value for anyone other than weed heads? Oh, my God. Yes, sir. Um, you get the bottom of the barrel, and that could mean the difference between your freedom or going to jail. I'm, I'm being very, very serious here. This guy's lawyer, QC Ben Toner, has come up with a very, very interesting legal argument. And he is obviously taking advantage of what I consider a loophole in the law. It's shocking. And our legislators, these are the kind of things that they should be paying attention to. Instead of them being out there wasting our money, millions of dollars, $50 million in a school, instead, they need to be looking at these laws. Let me tell y'all what this is all about. Okay? His lawyer made the following legal argument. That pursuant to section, I think it's five, of the firearm law, he is he cannot be found to have illegally imported these firearms. Wow. Let's let's pull up the legislation and see what the heck we are talking about here. Okay. Firearms law is now the Firearms Act came in. There is a portion of that law, and I tell you what, legislators, we need you all to wake up. Juliano Connor Connolly, tomorrow we're going to talk about your nonsense speech that you just gave at this, um, at the, let me see here if I can find this legislation, at the Chamber of Commerce about this stamp duty. Boy, all I can do sometimes is shake my head because it occurs to me that we now have leadership in this country that is going to take us down a serious path of destruction. Overspending, they don't want to, you know, the ways in which they could potentially bring in some extra revenue that wouldn't impact the average Caymanian. They're willing to throw all of that to the side and get up talking about, oh, we've been listening to you. We've been listening to you developers. Of course you have been. That's why you remove Wayne Panton from the position because you're listening to developers. We know. We know you're in their back pocket. You're not going to get up in a speech and tell us that, but we're going to review her speech. I'm waiting until they release it online because I want y'all to listen to what she said in her own words. Reading the speech isn't going to do justice to what this woman had the audacity to stand up and say. So, we live in a jurisdiction where firearm laws are supposed to be, oh, serious, if you get a firearm, you're going to jail for 10 years, seven years if you plead guilty, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Let me tell y'all something. This law is designed to put Caymanians in jail. And I don't, 
Listen very carefully to me. I I don't have any issues with putting Caymanians in jail if you run afoul of the law. What I have an issue with, and I'm trying to still find the legislation here. I'm finding the regulations. It's actually the legislation I'm looking for. What I do have an issue with is when you are only putting Caymanians in jail. Okay? If the law is the law and we want to take a very strong position against the unlawful, illegal importation of firearms in this country, then in my mind, that should apply to every single person. Denny, do you have the firearms law handy? Because at the act, I can't seem to find it, ironically enough. Um, let me go to legislation.gov.ky and see. So, you know, I, I don't have a issue with the law being followed. I'm all about that. I say yes. You walk around with an illegal firearm, by all means, you should be in jail. You try to import it, whether it's in a refrigerator, in your suitcase, whatever, you should be looking at jail time. But that is not something that should apply only to Caymanians. It should apply to everyone. Thank you so much, young lady. She sent me the Firearms Act. Let me have a look and see. So, yeah, this should be applicable to every single person. What has happened, they should, have, they should have updated this to the Firearms Act. So I'm hoping that this is the latest version. This is the 2008 revision. Yes, Section 5. This is the loophole that this guy is going to use now to walk away scots-free with all these weapons that he was trying to bring into this country. Are you all paying attention? I, I want to make sure that you're comprehending what it is that I'm saying. Because while our legislators are driving the proverbial bus call Cayman Islands, they are so asleep at the wheel that they're allowing certain provisions to remain on the books forever. Section 5 of the Firearms Law. I'm going to pull this up here because I want you all to read along with me. Says the following. One second. Boy, I, I don't know what to say about the DPP's office either, but we ain't get to them later. Says the following. Let's pull it up. Okay. Here we have it. This provision, the title is Traveler's Option. And this is what now he is going to use. Okay. Let's fast forward through. Section 5. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Whoops. Uh, all right. You see down at the bottom of that page, page seven, it says traveler's option. And it says um, every traveler who declares under section four that he has any firearm or bulletproof vest in his possession shall either, and then it goes on to have some subsections here, cause such firearm or bulletproof vest to be retained upon the vessel or aircraft upon which he arrived into the islands until after such vessel or aircraft departs from these islands or delivers such firearm or bulletproof vest to a customs officer in a sealed packet to be dealt with in accordance with Section 6. 
Subsection B, deliver such firearm. Oh, sorry, I just read B. Unless the traveler is a holder of a permit under subsection 19 or he has the written approval of the commissioner under section 30, under section 32, authorizing the importation of such firearms or bulletproof vests into the Cayman Islands. Good morning, caller. I'm just going to sit as CMR's jury until you finish. Okay. So what this guy did, the, the facts are becoming a lot clearer now. He did contact the police commissioner about how do I bring these weapons to the Cayman Islands? And he was told what the process would have been. Yes, there's a process that you have to follow section 3.2 of the Firearms Act. He didn't do that. He didn't follow that process. What he did was instead showed up with his weapons and at the airport, this is his defense now, he made a declaration. He exercised this traveler's option and said, here you go. I'm here with my weapons. Okay? So I'm here with my three firearms. I got my, uh, let me tell you what he brought in. Nine millimeter pistol, 12 gauge shotgun, and a nine millimeter semi-automatic rifle. So I'm declaring these now at the point of entry. And of course, customs confiscated them. And he's since been charged with these offenses. His lawyer has argued that because he was exercising this traveler's option pursuant to section five of the law, he cannot be guilty of importation. <laughs> So if he can't be guilty of importation, how on earth can he be guilty of the secondary offense, which is the illegal possession of a weapon? Wow. So in court yesterday, the judge found in his favor the legal argument was made. The prosecution is saying, well, despite that, we're going to continue to pursue the charge of possession against him. And the lawyer said, really? <laughs> That's what you're going to do? Because now this amounts to abuse of process. I'm going to tell you, it's a very, very interesting legal conundrum. And they may very well have found an amazing loophole in the law. And he's going to walk scot-free. Denny? Um, that's the, def the defense's argument? That's right. In its entirety? In summary. Turn to the customs. Um, I, I think it's somewhere around 11 or 12. And you'll find a provision that requires you to have an import permit 24 hours before importation. So um, 
let me be very clear. How do you juxtapose that against what Section 5.1 of the firearms law allows you to do? Uh, well, he tried to get the license prior to bringing it to the island, right? No. Apparently what he did was he inquired about the process, was told this is how you get a permit subject to Section 3.2. He didn't do that. He just brought them in and said, oh, here's my weapons. Here you go. Well, prior to the amendment, and you, you see what the in, law, you see what the, the section five one no, does. No, I, no, I'm I'm very familiar with that section. And if you didn't have the provision in the customs law, I would agree with you because I used to make that same argument, and it was when they listened to me making that argument mm-hmm. that they turned around and because they couldn't get the firearms law changed to mess it up they decided to use what powers they did have which was to amend the custom and the same thing they tried to do with um cannabis with doctors expressed okay it was a very intentional act and they messed that up and dr lee 2.0 right now is trying is trying to continue what dr lee was trying to do with Doctors Express. But let me say this. If you, th- there's a provision in, in the Customs Act that supersedes what's in the Firearms Act. How, how do you reason, have a provision of one the, act superseding another act? Well, it's, it, it can be done. And what they normally do, and they do it in all sorts of legislation, I can't remember the exact wording at the moment. I'm actually just getting back to where I might be able to look it up. But they'll say something like, notwithstanding the provision in so-and-so, and then they declare what the new position will be. So you're saying yes. that the Customs Act says notwithstanding the provisions in Section 5.1? I can't remember exactly what the wording is. Well, as you know, in I, law, I wording is everything. I, well, you have So what, what I'm about to tell you, what I'm about to tell you now is that the judge has already agreed with their legal arguments and their legal position. The judge, the, the court, are really seriously disappointing me. <laughs> okay? The, 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 the courts, um, in another matter, messed up what Section 29 of the Grand Court Act says. And that's a really serious mess that this country is ignoring. Because what it effectively means is that a judge in the Cayman Islands decided that UK case law can invalidate local legislation. Now, if you think that's not a major problem, okay, what you're talking about is serious. That is even worse. But I'm going to stick to this subject for you because I want to demonstrate something. 
which is that there there's a I, I remember a point in time in which I was called to do jury duty. And I was told that prosecution was terrified that I would be on a case at dealing with firearms because they felt that, well, I didn't want to um, carry out the law the way they saw it. And so let me put it for you, let me put on the, on the record for you like this. While I have strong views about private firearm ownership, mm. I have equally strong views about the rule of law. And, and, and it doesn't matter how I personally feel about firearms. The question that would be before, the question that would be before a juror in my mind is about, well, what does the law allow? And if the law doesn't allow it, even if I disagree with what the law says, I take the position, well, it is the law. And if you don't like the way the law is, then you would need to change the law, but it is the law. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my view. Let me see if I can find this, this thing. Well, I think that what's going to happen here, unfortunately, is that this guy is going to walk scot-free because... There is a provision in this law, which I dare say needs to clearly be revisited. Yeah. No, it, 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 that, that there's nothing wrong with that provision. What the, what the problem is, is that, um, they have amended the law so that that is no longer the true position by amending the customs law. I'll just try to you. You can't, there. Denny. They would yes, have to amend can. the firearms legislation. You can't no. have conflicting legislation in this country. It's not conflicting. Well, you you about to get a shock and surprisation, as they say. Okay. Well, uh, let's see if I can find it. I have the legislation in front. of Um, Okay, so explain to me why I would be getting a shock. Because what you're saying is legally not holding any water. All right. Uh, I wonder wonder if Mr. Balika is listening this morning because as someone who's written legislation, I would like to get his interpretation um, of these sections to see, you know, what his position is. All right. Uh, part three of the Customs Act 12, 12.3a. Mm-hmm. The import or export of a firearms and ammunition, unless accompanied by a permit signed by the commissioner of police, they're prohibited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, that, that again doesn't address this exception in the firearms law. Um, Well, this is the section that the police is using to require you to have a permit so that that provision of the law isn't 
use. All right. Let's have a, we got some lawyers who are going to call in. Um, I think Balik is going to call once you're done. So let's give him an opportunity to call in. See okay. what he thinks about this case. Um, the judge, like I said, has found in favor of the defense on that legal point. And now the entire case um, hinges on um, what has been a successful argument, which means this man is about to walk. I'm telling you. They're going to argue that this is now an abusive process. Hmm. I mean, uh, the Solicitor General's office, who's writing this legislation? Somebody said the firearms law is actually outdated. This guy is going to walk because of it. Why, why are we not prioritizing this type of legislation? You know, we have too many foreign nationals who, for umpteenth years, have walked through our um, jurisdiction, our borders, with firearms, and they are obviously treated very, very differently. Good morning. Good morning, Sandy. Um, well, well, I had to wait, as I said, you know, I had to wait until you were done with any because uh, some of what he is discussing, I've discussed with him before, uh, but like when he was talking, I was going back to the law as well to check, just mm -hmm. like I was going to, to the law to check what your provisions are. Mm -hmm. Now, neither one of you is wrong. All you have managed to do, both of you, the issue is very complex. Okay. The issue is very complex. Now, let, let me pause you there. Scott, it, Scott says he wasn't charged under the customs law, was he? No, he was charged under, under the firearms law. And that's important. The offense that he was actually charged with is indeed important. Yes, that, that, that is important. And in fact, I mean, both of you have advanced what every good lawyer on either side is going to say. The prosecution in government should be taking the argument that Denny has put forward, okay? They, they, they should say, well, look, there is this general provision in the, in the firearms law, and he was charged in relation to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's this other provision as well in the customs law, which says that this is the way you should do it. Mm -hmm. Now, what the court will do is it will always try to see if there is it can adopt an interpretation that is harmonious between the two. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, it it might try to say, well, look, uh, um, if the firearms law has made it very very clear that importing a firearm without a license is a serious offense, uh, then you can't read. Um, the that law is being totally defeated by some other provision either in the firearms law itself or in the customs law because then it would make a nonsense of uh the provision in the firearms law which says you mm -hmm. go to jail for 10 years okay that's one the second point and related to that is that in difficult situations such as this what a court does is it looks at which which of these laws was enacted later Mm. Okay, if 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 it was enacted later, they will say, okay, even if it does to some degree appear to conflict with the older one, uh, we have to say that the latter one prevails by the way of what is called a doctrine of in, implied repeal. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. it is still on the on the statute book, but they will say, well, look, but the intention of the legislature in this particular case was to 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 impose a new restriction, more serious restriction uh, than was intended before. So even if they didn't specifically repeal that one, the one that takes precedence is the latter one. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you again what the argument from the other side will be. They are going to say, well, but there is a doubt here, isn't there? In a criminal matter, you have to, when there is a doubt, you have to resolve it in favor of um, of the accused person. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me now address what, what Danny has talked about, uh, about, about the, the, the courts not being reliable. You see, the way the courts are now is that particularly if something relates to an expatriate, Mm-hmm. You come up with an argument like this, they might not even get into some of these more intricate arguments which can result in a conviction. They will tend to lean towards that person because that's what they do anyway, okay? Mm-hmm. People have not even gone to jail sometimes for 10 years or even seven years. They've, they've been fined. Why? Because of, of, of the, 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 this, this attitude by the court sometimes to just ignore the letter of the law, mm-hmm. particularly if the interests on the other side are, are great. So at the end of the day, yes, it is a good argument, but I do believe, this is now a question of opinion, I do believe on the basis of the argument that Danny has raised, on the basis of a doctrine of implied repeal and what the intention of the legislature was, they, are, they, 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 they would consider if there were an independent court they would they would still have this this person convicted now there's one other little last point i was going to make but mm-hmm. uh, that um, is escaping me i might, I might go back regarding that but 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 anyway i mean it's very very interesting that this has been raised this is this is what lawyers do but in my view i think that argument should not succeed oh yeah the last point well it has succeeded see, the problem with- so 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 let, let's be very clear the judge has already ruled it has on succeeded it. Huh? it has succeeded oh, oh she it has succeeded. Oh, it has succeeded. Yeah, so. And so now the prosecution is going to proceed with the case regardless of the success on this legal point. So now his mm-hmm. lawyers are saying, hold on one second. This now mm-hmm. means that this is an abusive process. Yeah, and I think that's the argument they will have to raise. But I'll tell you why the prosecution wants to proceed with it, because they want to be able to appeal the point. Because if they if they concede now that they were wrong, then they can't appeal. And part, the reason why they will want to appeal this is because look at the other people who have been convicted under this provision. They may well come back if, and say, we want to appeal out of time our conviction because now it has been clarified that we had also declared and therefore that we should appeal out of time and also be acquitted. So the prosecution must be thinking of that. So that's why they just want probably to take it to the very end, insisting on their position. And then if the person is acquitted, then they can appeal it. That's why I think they're doing that. But those are the legal arguments. I just thought that I should chime in very, very important discussion. Mm-hmm. Very, very important discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Thank you we'll, very much. We'll, we'll continue the talk in due course. Thanks very much. All Bye-bye. right. Uh, 936-2626 um, is, the, um, is the telephone number. So um, again, you know, trust and believe. Uh, it looks like on the face of it that this man is actually going to be walking 
free. Hmm. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. What a hot mess. Uh, there are people who are familiar with it who said, uh, you know, even on the custom side, that they are of the opinion that um, the prosecution recognized this issue early on and in their mind um, have taken a significant chance with this case. Now, here's the thing, okay? If this is a perceived loophole, I'm surprised, number one, that this has not been uh, brought up before. So this is a firearm importation. And if it has not been brought up before, and this is the first time that anybody's even paying attention to this legislation, even if there's a perceived conflict, the court has now made a ruling. Yes, her ruling is subject to being challenged without a doubt. But can we get legislators who are paying attention? Who can actually fix something like this? The firearms law is a 2008 revision, the Firearms Act. Why is this loophole, loophole still there? Okay, we had a big hoopla about gang, gang violence and firearms and blah, blah, blah. But no one seems to want to accept that there's also a possibility that we could be having people importing firearms into this country or attempting to import firearms to this country who are not Caymanians, who are not part of the local um, makeup of this country, but who still have really bad intentions and intend to do us wrong. I saw Denny's question, not Denny, but um, my apologies, Johan's point earlier saying, why would this man need to have this type of firearm, right? Who, who is he? Is the accused a professional game hunter, hitman, <clears throat> bodyguard, security specialist? If not, why does he require such hardware in the Cayman Islands? Caller. Uh, sorry, sorry, Sandy, I had to call back because I forgot but one very important thing which you have already touched on, and I just thought I should emphasize that because uh, you are now talking about um, how some of this legislation is not carefully scrutinized. And I think mm -hmm. that's a very important point. You see, when I was in government, I mean, I worked writing legislation in Cayman, as you know, for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in the middle of my tenure, I found that there was not what you call stress testing of legislation in the Cayman Islands. There was this tendency to say, well, let's amend this law. Okay, what shall we do? Mm -hmm. Okay, take out this section six and put in a section six from the UK or just change a word or two mm. without being careful to say, okay, if I'm amending this, what might I affect? Anybody who has written legislation will tell you. When you are told, can you amend section seven and delete subsection two? Mm -hmm. Basically, you have to read the whole act to mm -hmm. see the scheme of it, to see what you are going to affect, uh, perhaps unwittingly. And sometimes you go beyond just the particular act you are dealing with. 
you 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 look at the uh, you you know the term it's called acts in parimateria acts in mm -hmm. parimateria means you just look at the other acts on similar subject matters so in this case the people who were writing this law should have looked at the customs law mm -hmm. uh, and and the other related legislation to yes. see how they mesh but you see in the Cayman Islands that is not done this is why when I was in government, I said, you know what, you need to train people who, mm. who deal with legislation and advise ministers to know how to do this. Because a drafter can do it, yes, but usually it has to be done in conjunction with the people who enforce it. For example, when they were dealing with, with this, they should have had in the room uh, the, 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 the firearms inspectors, they should have had the people from customs, because the people in customs would have pointed it out. They would have said, hey, Hey, this is going to conflict mm -hmm. with the other one. What are we going to do? Okay, so that is one thing. But but again, I don't want to get into my personal thing. I was mm -hmm. prevented from trying to train people on how to conduct stress testing and deal with the legislative process. Mm -hmm. And the result of that is that a lot of people in government, including chief officers, have never been trained on how to work with legislation. And that is why these kinds of things they, they tend to happen. But uh, one last word for the prosecutor. If the prosecutor wants some cases where similar issues relating specifically to firearms have, have arisen and specifically relating to implied repeal and how the Court of Appeal has dealt with those issues, the prosecutor can get in, in touch with me. It will cost him, but I can sort it out for him. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> spoken spoken like bye a real bye. lawyer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Spoken like a real lawyer. It ain't going to be free, honey. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on this. Um, they'll, they'll reconvene in a month's time. Now, listen, I'm not saying that this is the right decision. I'm just telling you all what transpired in court so that when, when it comes down the pipeline that he's walking scot-free, y'all not gonna be like, what the hell? Uh, I'm using this platform to explain to you guys exactly what has transpired. Our legislators should be rushing now to speak to the experts, right? On how to amend this legislation to ensure that this is never a possibility again. Uh, it's interesting that the good lawyer there spoke of stress testing legislation. You would think that that would happen at the stage of writing it, but there's been ample opportunities since this legislation went into place in 2008. How many years that was now? Y'all need to get it together. That, that's why you, you have the ability as legislators to amend legislation because sometimes the first writing of it doesn't quite get it right. But, you know, they just throw this legislation together. They don't even think about the implications of it. There's always unintended consequences with stuff like this. 16-year-old legislation that hasn't been reviewed, hasn't been revised. In my mind, something is amiss here. Good morning, caller. Anderson. Morning. It's me, Johan. How's it going? Hi, Johan. Good. How are you? All right. Don't want to take up too much time. Just wanted to um, make a point as a concerned citizen, as a law-abiding citizen in the Cayman Islands. Whatever the circumstances are with regards to conflicting legislation, not that's for the technocrat and for the persons responsible for um, passing laws and, and, and amending laws to, mm -hmm. to, to do. However, the basic premise that we should all be aware of is you look at the spirit and the intent of the law. 
Yes. And to say, if you showed up, or if I showed up, or if anybody else that is brave enough to speak out or participate in any sort of public debate about the rights and wrongs in Cayman, showed up in the country and previously wrote ahead to say, hey, I went to um, Florida and I've now bought two guns and I'm just writing to let you know that I'll be coming in uh, with this and not get any sort of acknowledgement or or confirmation from the authorities here. Um, whatever legislation that might exist on the books that are conflicting, Sandra mm-hmm. Hill or Leonard Johan Moxham would end up being arrested. We would not be able to keep our jobs because it would be salacious in the highest sense. We wouldn't work permit. We wouldn't keep our work permit. Um, mm-hmm. And he would face the full extent of the law. And for me, that's the only thing that I'm interested in. The technical aspects of whether there's legislation, up for the luminaries and legal minds and for the people to get right. But if you can know we can't let Sandro Hill get away with it, or you can mock some get away, get away with, with, with breaking any law, whether mm-hmm. it contradicts another law or not, why, why, what makes this person special? And secondly, mm-hmm. what kind of life are you living where you got to run into the country or, tra- or travel into the country with that level of hardware? What, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because if I showed up with a slingshot, if I showed up with a pocket rocket or, 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 or any sort of thing that would be deemed dangerous, mm-hmm. I promise you, as sure as the sun rises in the east, I would be facing the full extent of the law. And this matter is about the discriminatory practices and the way that the system basically protects some mm-hmm. against others because class, color, money, and who you're for and where you work and who you're associated with actually counts in Cayman more than justice. Mm-hmm. Because if this was a Caymanian, he would not have a job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He would be in jail. He would not be offered bail. Mm-hmm. He would face the full extent of the law. So again, as a concerned citizen, my cry and my request of those in the positions of power that are listening, what makes this person special where he was afforded a completely different level of treatment than our own people who make mistakes, get it wrong, mm-hmm. and participate in things they shouldn't and break the law. Are you telling me that a foreign national can come into this country with hardware, jump mm-hmm. the system because they probably have a better understanding of the rules than a lot of people? And just for the record, I fully appreciate that there are facts of this case. The full facts have not been fully revealed, but the circumstances and the way this thing is handled from the beginning to how it is now. Mm-hmm. If this man is able to get off we need to take a long, hard look at the leadership in every department mm-hmm. that is responsible for making the decision. We need to ask our, our legislators, what are doing? We mm-hmm. saw that during COVID, you could change laws within two weeks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we were locked down and everything else. Mm-hmm. So make this a priority because our own people shouldn't be facing consequences that Persons coming into the country that mm-hmm. are non-Caymanians seem to be exempt from. Mm-hmm. All I want is equality, consistency, and a fair application of the law to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's why you get paid. And if you can't do that, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. I sit on a bunch of boards, and if this pisses off people in the government, mm-hmm. good. Sitting on a board is not more important than doing the right thing. 
And we have had Caymanian after Caymanian after Caymanian suffer the consequences of making stupid mistakes Mm -hmm. that they're paying for. This man willfully decided, I come into Cayman and I'm bringing my hardware and what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. The intent was there. This wasn't a stupid mistake. This is about intent. So all I'm saying is that I'm not, I'm just disappointed that it could be any of us. And all I want in my country is that the rules apply to all of us. Mm-hmm. White, black, green, purple, rich, poor, it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. if we can't have that, this country is on the road to all of the other places where money influence um, buys you a way out. And we're going to end up like all of these other neighboring countries that none of us want to go and live in. Mm-hmm. None of us would, would, would pack here and leave. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, I know you may mention this to speak off. Uh, me saying what I say will upset some people, but this is about me as a citizen of the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. expressing my concerns mm-hmm. in a respectful manner and demanding equality and justice for all of us that live here, not just those that come here that are deemed to be special or better than us, because nobody's yep. better than anybody. All right? Thank you very much. Thanks. All right, Ms. Darlene says, Johan, you're 100% because Alejandro says, amen. Johan, Ms. Vernita says, why is one man carrying so many guns, et cetera, in such a small island? I mean, that remains such a a, a good question, Um, ultimately a mystery about why anybody would be coming to the Cayman Islands thinking that they need to carry all these firearms. Those are not hunting weapons. I don't know what that was all about. Um, so, you know, he was told what the process was. Somebody said, give Johan a kaboom. Kaboom! He was told what the process was. And instead of following the process, what he did instead was to simply, um, find another section of another legislation, um, that allowed him to kind of walk free. Um... This isn't the first time that this has happened, though. If you guys will put your mind to another case, which you may have very well forgotten, that had me entangled into a lawsuit, you will remember that there was a weapon that was found, uh, was brought in on a boat, on a vessel, and that person was never charged. They were never charged. Now, the interesting thing about that is it wasn't just found in the vessel. It was actually eventually found in the person's house. And so there are questions about how was that possible? Oh, boy. Danny? Um, Every time, sometimes when you speak, you say things in a way that gives me the impression that he was told what to do before he did what he did. And then other times it sounds like no, he didn't do that. So I'm, I'm, because I'm not reading. I haven't read all of the, what you've read to us. So I, I am not fully up on it. Right? It's just that um, if he was told, which even if they didn't tell him, uh, the problem is who told by who? You mean customs know, would have told him what well, he needed to do? If what? Whether customs told him what he needed to do, whether the police told him what he needed to do, who I don't know who it is that told him what to do. Who is that? Mm. Who, who who told him what to do? I don't know. Section three. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. 
You see, because part of the problem is, is that, let's put that aside for a second, because even if nobody told him anything, he has an obligation to understand what the law is, right? Mm-hmm. So he, if he doesn't know what the law is, he needs to go to someone and say, look, I want to bring a firearm into the country. What mm-hmm. do I need to do in order to do this lawfully? That's what he should have done. Right. Don't know if he did it. I, I, I'm he, not he, he made the inquiry. He, he did inquire. And he was prior told. To, prior yes. to bringing it to the country. Yes, he did well, inquire. That, That's right. That, that, right. that point right there is problematic. Because that meant that before he did what he did, he knew that there was an application process, which I don't know why he wouldn't know that instinctively anyhow. But he Um, also, the argument is, he also by law has this option under Section 5.1 of the Firearms Act to bring uh, in a firearm in that manner. If you didn't have the provision in Section 12 of the Customs Law, if you didn't have that provision. But you have that provision. So <laughs> how it how it will actually play out, I guess we'll see. Mm. But on one of your other your other statements that you made, you talked about um a firearm being brought in on a boat and then it was found in someone's house or something like that. Mm. Um Section 44 of the Firearms Act. Well, that person was um, never charged and there was never any explanation <clears throat> as to well, why he wasn't charged. Well, well, the reason for that is that it listen to listen to what section 44 says. This law does not apply to any officer or member of the crew of any ship or aircraft, or any employee of any air drone in respect of his possession on board such ship or such aircraft or at such air drone, and in his capacity as an officer or member of the crew of such ship or aircraft or an employee of such air drone, as the case may be, of any firearm or bulletproof vest referred to in paragraph B. Paragraph B says, any firearm or bulletproof vest forming part of the equipment of any ship or aircraft or of any air drone at the time when such firearm or bulletproof vest is on board such ship or aircraft or or at such air drone, as the case may be. In other words, if a ship shows up and has a firearm on it, Mm -hmm. all they're obligated to do is what you would do if the same thing you would do if you were flying in on Cayman Airways, mm-hmm. you take out a customs form and you make a declaration. That's what Section 5 of the Firearms Act uh, allows. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you see, the way that you're thinking about firearms is not quite the way the law works. Mm-hmm. And so what what the um i think it was i I can't remember who was in customs at the time who was head of customs but essentially that i don't remember what year that law was um well one year that was done where where they amended the customs law but what i'm saying to you 
is that his claim, in my view, his claim would have been valid mm -hmm. had Section 12.3a of the Customs Act not been um, put there. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. So, 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 um, so with, without a doubt, so it'll be subject to appeal. I'm sure, but so regarding regarding just one more comment about the, the the one where the firearm showed up on the ship and then showed up in the home. It's this law doesn't apply when the the firearm is on the ship mm -hmm. or on the aircraft, but it does apply if you take it off of the ship and you bring it ashore, then you've committed an offense of unlawful importation. All right, we do have another and caller. By the way, mm -hmm. by the way you, you know those say, signaling devices they call flares? Mm -hmm. If those, strictly speaking, under the firearms law, can only be kept on your ship, on your boat. If you take it off of your boat to put it in your home because you want to keep it safe, that's unlawful. Mm -hmm. so, all right my dear 9362626 we did have another caller who was trying to call into the program um we'll certainly have to see how how this um how this plays out wow my goodness mm -mm -mm. um I don't know what to say. It's uh, one of those things. Oh my goodness. What an interesting uh, turn of events. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Welcome caller. to the program. Good morning, Sonia. Morning, dear. Interesting show. I wasn't going to call, but I had to call when I heard certain things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like the laws are against only the Caymanians, basically. Hmm. Because one thing I know that they say in the courts, and you are close to being a lawyer, so you would know that ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? Mm -hmm. So not because you don't know the law existed doesn't mean that you have to you, you, you go around it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in this case, um, let's say he called in before and he spoke to whoever the commissioner or whoever that from, and they gave him direction of what to do. Mm -hmm. And he went beyond that and did what he did. So where does he get to the leniency in that? Mm -hmm. But a law is for the fair and proportionate amongst everyone that it doesn't work. The law is even for the judge who mm -hmm. is also, the one who is given the law is for the police. That same law applies to them too. Mm -hmm. So why would it be different because I have some money in my pocket? Mm -hmm. So something is wrong. And um, it's like many years ago, there was a, um, with our legislation, we had to change it because they were convicting the guys on the cocaine charges, on, um, um, they were selling stuff away, but coming back as, Chlor, um, hydrochloride or some chloride. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what happened? One guy, I don't want to call his name. He's 
Jeremy Tommy's been he served his time and he got um he won his appeal on mm-hmm. the same case and then about eight other people got off on that same charge before they had to do the legislation over quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it seems like they're slow. They definitely seem slow to changing legislation when it's required. Which, which is, which is most unfortunate. Very, very unfortunate. No, but you remember that wedding dress that came in? Yes, I remember the wedding dress fiasco, okay, yes. Okay, that legislation was changed overnight. So mm-hmm. they, they can't tell me they can't get these stuff changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So something is wrong. So it's only good for some and not good for others, but everything is geared towards the expat and nothing for the locals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. It's like when I look around, the police, the police communities are the locals. They police the locals, but I don't see them down Truck Harbor, Governor's Harbor, anywhere like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So something is wrong. And here's some, sometimes I pass through this area, there's some parties that are going on at certain times in the morning. And nobody's seen anything, you know. But if it happens, like in, um, like Windsor Park or wherever it is, it's gonna be a big fuss. Mm. So basically, we're we're not being fair and proportionate here, you know what I mean? It used to be a color thing, now it's a money thing. So something is wrong. So we gotta fix it. And that's my say for the devil going on. Without a doubt, it's it's um something that obviously now is a glaring problem, um that needs to be fixed. How long it'll take our legislators? To fix it, well, your guess would be as good as mine, really. Um, wow. All right, we'll keep you guys updated. Um, you know, legal arguments are made every single day. Sometimes you hear about them in more detail than other times. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things, folks, where uh, you got to pay attention to what's happening in the courts because it has some real world implications. And so um, we will certainly keep all of you updated on this case and many, many more. Good morning, caller. Sorry, right, son. I didn't mean to call back real quick mm-hmm. the show, but um, I forgot one point like Mr. Mamba. So also, this is why we need to have a criteria for our elected people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not getting a little dumb off the road. We just mm-hmm. go in and say, I'm going to run for politics. They have to come some, some kind of criteria. Yes. You have to have some kind of academic background. I mean, not just high school diploma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to have something more than that to hold people accountable. How do we hold someone who is has the capacity of their action? Mm. And that's what's happening with our government. Not for the government is the gap. They don't know nothing about writing or um, making amendments or any legislation. They're only there. Somebody can write down something and they can regurgitate it. Mm-hmm. This is our problem. Until we get elected officials that um, have good criteria, have some bachelor's, MBAs, or whatever it is that have mm-hmm. some uh, where it's all and what's all about in, in the economy and in the world, don't elect no more. It doesn't make sense. Yep. You can speak about your great friend, John, John Seymour. You know what I mean? He has had some great seats without, like, you would never give a carpenter a doctor's job. Yes. And that's what we do here. Just to make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing. And thank you. Thank you so much. Um, 
Do the calls sound a little bit distorted today? I'm not sure if that's just me or what, but um, no, no, no. I mean, absolutely. Without a doubt, folks, um, you have got to uh, start thinking very, very, very hard now about the qualifications. I've been saying this for a minute of the people that we're elected because, <laughs> wow. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, the, the legislation is obviously there and there are people who will look at loopholes um, and try to um, take advantage of those loopholes. And you you can't blame the person trying to take advantage of it if the law just isn't airtight, as they say. Any good defense lawyer, that's why you hire defense lawyers, because they're looking for the most minute thing. This is why you hire lawyers who are going to look for anything in the law that can get their clients off. That's what their jobs are. And so even if it is to the detriment of, um, you know, the people of this country, like we said, no logical sense in terms of why this individual will be bringing in so much firearms. What was his real intentions? Nobody knows. So we can't really speak to that. But ultimately, um, you know, his defense lawyer doesn't care about any of those things. His defense lawyer cares about representing his client. Um, and, um, you know, going, going from there. So, um, wow. All right. In a month's time, we'll hear a little bit more about this case and we'll keep you updated. So a number of cases coming up, um, in the court system, that we will definitely be keeping an eye on. So please um, stay tuned for those. Like I said, I'm keen to always keep you guys abreast and informed uh, of what's happening in this community. Because if you don't know that this loophole exists and you don't know really how this case is going to turn um, on its side and why this guy could potentially walk free, you know, I think it's important to understand how the decisions um, are reached. And then obviously what needs to be happening in order to, um, curtail these types of decisions. You can't go and tell the judiciary how to directly interpret something, but what you can do is you can write legislation that is abundantly clear what the intent of the legislation was. And if you find that decisions are being made because the intent of the legislation isn't clear, that is when folks, you go back to the drawing board and um, you rewrite or you amend the legislation. So I'm, I'm looking to see how long it's going to take them. Uh, as Denny rightfully pointed out, I think it was, no, it was actually Johan that said, you know, when push comes to shove, we see legislation that can practically be done overnight. It can be written overnight. It can be, you know, en enacted and signed off on in no time. Uh, yes, those might be emergency situations, but what is more of an emergency situation than the overall safety, the overall safety of the people of this country? And I'm sorry, but you don't just willy-nilly travel with that type of ammunition. So someone says if he had declared these weapons in Canada, the airline would have taken them and turned them over to the officials on arrival. So I don't know that there's any requirement for him to declare it on an outbound flight. Um, I can tell you that when I was in the U.S., because even Marlon, um, 
picked up on this when we were in New York, heading to Greece. There was a constant reminder over the um, over the um, loud system, the speaker system, that if you have a weapon um, in your possession, you need to advise uh, them immediately. If you've not declared it, you need to advise them immediately because obviously it is illegal to enter that country without having made such a declaration. And he said, it's so interesting that in the US and in the New York airport um, that they kept, it was New York, that they kept saying that over and over again in the loudspeakers. I've never heard that being played on any loudspeaker um, in the sitting area when we are, um, you know, coming back to the Cayman Islands. Maybe this is something that our, again, national airline and the uh, aviation authorities need to do in terms of reaching out to uh, the airports that we actually have people coming in from uh, where they make this public service announcement and remind Americans in particular that if you're coming to this jurisdiction, but even Canadians, everybody, if you're coming to this jurisdiction and you have a weapon, that is an offense if you're not following the proper protocols. And so they need to make the declaration before they get here. But you see how the legislation uh, makes it so easy? It doesn't say that you have to declare it to any airline or anybody else um, in that other country. It says that literally you can walk up to a customs officer with these weapons on you and make the declaration right then and there as a live declaration. So it seems to me on my reading and interpretation of the law that there is not really a whole lot um, that the law requires you to do other than to tell the customs officer, oh, by the way, in my bag, I've got these three firearms on me right now. Hmm. Kind of crazy uh, if you ask me, but there you have it. So we'll let y'all know what the outcome of this case is. It's a very, very interesting turn for sure of events. And um, all I can say is what a hot mess. What a hot mess. Mm -mm -mm. All right. We have about 15 minutes uh, left in the program. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say. Oh, boy, I tell you. All right, we all week, we haven't had an opportunity to talk about um, King Charles, 75 years old, King Charles III. He's been diagnosed with cancer. Um, there's been a lot that hasn't been said about um, this situation as it relates to, you know, what type of cancer, how advanced it is. They're not releasing, Buckingham Palace is not releasing any of that information. But I do believe that it's very, very telling that his son um, made a immediate uh, trip to the UK. So this would be um, Prince Harry now made an immediate trip to the UK to see his father. Um, to me, that, in my mind, says that this is probably a very serious situation. Um. We'll have to wait and see what happens. He's, you know, they've said that he's suspended um, duties whilst he is undergoing uh, treatment. Again, it sounds pretty serious to me, but 
having not having any real information on the type of cancer. I think I think there was something that I read that said that although he had had um, a although he had had a um, what do you call it? Although he had had some sort of prostate situation that it wasn't actually prostate cancer. So they haven't specified what it is, which is interesting, but they have specified what it isn't, which is also a little bit weird, but okay. So, um, you know, okay. Uh, we'll just wish him, you know, I guess a speedy recovery. Um, you know, I must tell you that I always had my suspicions. Um, oh, good grief. I've always had my suspicions about him in the sense that, um, hmm. uh, okay. This is a weird message I just got from Facebook. Okay. Don't even know what they're talking about. Um, so yes, I did suspect, and I said this from the onset, that I kind of didn't think that he was going to have quite the same tenure. Obviously not, because Queen Elizabeth II started very, very um, young as she was crowned after her father unexpectedly passed away. But I also have always felt that he wasn't a man that was going to live to be in his 90s. You know, both of his parents have had amazing longevity. They seem to have very good genes. They were pretty active um, well into um, their 70s. Sorry, well into their 90s. He is in his 70s, and um, I have always just said, "Mm, let's hold off on changing all of our money because I just get a feeling that we're going to be wasting a lot of resources because it just isn't going to happen um, all that quickly. So um, as it turns out, we will all wait and see exactly what the overall prognosis is as it relates to his health. Um, But I, I think it is rather serious myself, but we shall see. So let me read now what the official news um, articles are. So again, Harry has gone to the U.S. Um, let me see. And uh, it says that Kate Char- King Charles and, and William will make their first public comment since the cancer diagnosis. Um, I think that that's coming up. So um, Harry returns to Heathrow Airport just 26 hours after arriving to visit his father. Um, And also the Prince of Wales has spoken about the King's cancer diagnosis for the first time as he expressed his gratitude to the public for their kind messages. This is now Prince uh, William, and he has um, delivered some comments in a fundraising gala dinner where... um, He said that his wife as well, Princess of Wales, is recovering from successful planned abdominal surgery. Um, You know what someone said to me the other day? They were like, what kind of abdominal surgery did she have? They were were actually questioning if she had a tummy tuck. And I was like, 
Okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that is abdominal surgery, but there are other types of abdominal surgeries that you can have, including like to fix hernias and stuff like that. But when they were looking at the recovery time, um, they said, hmm, it sounds like this could have been a tummy tuck. I have no idea. You know, they don't tend to give you that detailed level of information um, about uh, their medical conditions, right? So um, King Charles also broke his public silence on Wednesday, yesterday night, last night, to issue a statement to mark the 50th anniversary of the independence of the former British colony of Grenada. The king apologized for being unable to visit the Caribbean island, um, making reference to Grenada's national dish, a stew known as oil down. And that meanwhile, Prince Harry had taken a flight back home to California just 26 hours after he arrived to visit his father following Charles's um, King Charles's shocking cancer diagnosis. Um, and the Duke of Sussex was spotted at London Heathrow Airport on Wednesday afternoon, so it was yesterday afternoon, ahead of boarding a flight back to the U.S. after reportedly spending the night at a London hotel. So um, at least he got to visit his father. And I think that, um, you know, in the event that anything happens, you know, it is what it is. Um, it, it is interesting because King Charles actually has a very rigid diet and strict exercise routine. Uh, this is some additional um, information that has come out. And the fact that he also... Um, He also does not eat lunch. So very, very interesting. But apparently um, he's always, they said, ensured that he maintained a strict diet and rigid daily exercise. The 75-year-old monarch was diagnosed with a form of cancer on Monday after a checkup last month found an unrelated enlarged prostate that had proven to be benign. Despite Buckingham Palace's statement, which they made, that he remains in high spirits, the diagnosis will be a painful shock to the health-conscious king. So, you know, sometimes you do your best and these things still come for you. Um, while he will now step away temporarily from public-facing duties, he has lived an impressively healthy life, it says up to now, uh, barring several injuries from a lengthy polo career and two coronavirus infections during the pandemic. Um, so they say that in a list of 70 facts released by Clarence House in 2018 to mark the then Prince Charles's 70th birthday, it was revealed that he restricts himself to only two meals a day, um, which is interesting. And he, uh, fact number 20, listed that he does not eat lunch. Okay. He's probably better off skipping dinner, like have a breakfast, lunch, and skip dinner. But anyway, he doesn't eat lunch. Um, he believes that lunch is a luxury that interferes with his busy schedule. Um, his former press secretary once said that the king doesn't eat lunch. So an early lesson he learned uh, when out on the road with him was to have a big breakfast or bring a few snack bars uh, with you to keep you going. The working day is pretty relentless and beginning with the radio news headlines and a breakfast of seasonal fruit, salad and seeds with tea. Homemade bread with nutrient-rich flours such as rye and uh, spelt are also said to be preferred by the king, as well as eggs and side salads uh, with each meal. Hmm. To be more specific, he likes coddled eggs. I have no clue what that is. 
that have been cooked for just two to three minutes um, are said to be his favorite. And um, he likes mashing them into a mayonnaise texture. Wild mushrooms and plums forage from his gardens at Highgrove are also among his favorite items to eat, as well as salmon and cheese and biscuits. He abstains from meat and fish on two days of the week, while he avoids dairy products additionally on one of those days, according to um, an interview that was given back in 2021. Um, so when he was crowned, uh, they posted, Buckingham Palace posted a listing for a live-in vegan chef to prepare meals for the monarch. He has previously stated that the main purpose of his intermittent veganism is for its benefits to the environment and that he stays away from meat that has been sourced from factory farms. The king is also um, passionate about organic product or produce, as former royal chefs um, have also shared. And he likes to focus on organic organic produce before they said the term was really even invented. And so they said that he's been um, organically, um, you know, doing this for quite some time. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. Morning, Darren. How are you? All right, you you know how to see the pictures, the, the stuff that that um I made my son send. You know what, Brenda, telling you about all of that, and believe me, that saloon pod stuff is good. And even mm-hmm. I even send you it get pods in it, mm-hmm. and and you can put them on because my arm been killing me, and that's that's what happened. You can even put them when you feel the pain, like I would say, put it on if you got like a suspicion when it coming on, you could mm-hmm. put that in your palm, your foot. Or whatever in sleep, but it, I don't know if you can get the big ones here because I never found them here. But um, while you may have, they have the smaller size and the medium size. Mm-hmm. Like, Walmart and Tampa, I got the bigger pads because I put them on my back and all of that because mm-hmm. it hurt me. And then that, I leave saying, Yes, that's very good. Um, I sent the picture, it's new, you can't get it here. It got a little balls, and that's why I like my daughter and I would like to put my hand on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the, Loan pads thing. Well, I don't know if you get that here, but I've also got that in the state. But they have like the cream and the roll on. Well, the one I send you the roll on. Mm-hmm. And then I see another new thing I was telling her the other day because I'd be watching TV. And then I thought, because they have um, a Tylenol thing, something just like that I leave to. Mm-hmm. But I told her that. And she said that she checked out and she checked online. Mommy, now because I see it on the TV, mean that you know they have it here as yet, but sometimes they think be advertising. I don't know if they get it sent, but she said she had Walmart and Target and CVS and Bolton. They hadn't had it out yet, but I, I guess it must be out now. And then I saw another thing last night, but I tried everything. I, I, I get relieved sometimes. I don't know because I, I keep putting everything out. They say, Why don't kill, don't cure? So, Sometimes I don't even know what helped me. Cause I, and then they got a thing in Honduras. I, I don't think you can get that here because that got pieces of marijuana, um, Alejandro thing, and it didn't even marry granola. Mm-hmm. But it, that, that, it's a green-looking gel, liquid thing. Mm-hmm. And that is where it seems, but it got the pieces. Of, you can see the little bits of ganja in it. So I don't know if they'll allow you to bring that in. Okay. But I, I managed to get one by the name Mariguanol, but that is good. But I don't know. Like well, I, I can tell you all that my foot is definitely feeling a lot better. I've actually kept the tens on for two hours, um, mm-hmm. which you know probably 
that's might be an extreme, but it definitely um feels a lot better now. But I'll I'll get into the massage chair for a little bit here shortly as well. But yeah, thank you. I I did get the um I did get it. I'm trying to find the exact one that he sent me, which is the um the gel. So this is the lidocaine plus gel for the salon pass. So I'm gonna see if that one um because I see the roll on the um what's it called the little pads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the one pad is the um is the patches. That's the big patch. I made him snap the big box and then yeah. then I made him send the box with the roll on lidocaine mm-hmm. um cologne pads too. And then that I leave but the and you see that I leave says new. So like I was so, like I was saying I don't think well like Miss Brenda yeah. says she now will find it. But I got mine from the States. We mm-hmm. guess is it came out. My daughter sent it to me. I never ever see her which I know really look because I didn't need it. But mm-hmm. all those things I go there and it got like the three little steel and we call them steel balls, like little marbles in the top of it. We just rub it. You don't have to touch it now. I do yeah, so I on. see. I see this one that you um, sent the picture of. They have a pack of two for twenty six ninety nine on Amazon. So I will definitely yeah. uh, purchase some of that just for sure. Rub it and let it, let it. You know, keep it. I, I just rub it and I don't, you know, like rub it on, and then I don't like rub it in with my hand. Mm-hmm. So I like I say, I don't like to touch stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And who do it? I put on gloves, but then you know the, the little balls, the ideas, the little balls, and I just rub it on the area that hurts. And leave it and make it seep in, mm-hmm. and it kind of like dries out, but it really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. I don't believe in pills neither. And then I was telling, I tell you too, they have that they are very good. I, I'm a person, pill person, because I can't drink pills that I can drink capsules and whatever, but they mm-hmm. have a um, Tylenol rapid release. Mm-hmm. They are very good. Because um, so I know somebody that had migraines, terrible, and they couldn't get nothing to help them with that. And I mm-hmm. bought them a bottle. I gave them some out of my bottle that my daughter gave me, and then I sent to her to get one. I don't know if they have them in here, but they need ties and a rapid release, and it's, a, it's like, a, like a gel cap, like a capsule or whatever. They're mm-hmm. very good. Just All right, my dear. And- Thank you yeah. very much. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay, bye. All right, folks. Um, thanks very much. Uh, we're actually, I didn't realize we're out of time this morning, but Miss Brenda says she didn't need a tummy tuck. I think her problem is also serious based on hospital stay and length of time. She'll be off of work. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the nature again of the surgery. I just thought it was interesting that somebody mentioned that. Um, but I don't know what, what exactly the abdominal surgery is. So Evelyn says I've had abdominal surgery and it was no tummy tuck. Yeah. There's different types of abdominal surgery. All right, folks, uh, we'll, you know, send our best wishes for the Royal family and, um, wish them a speedy recovery, all of them. So we'll see what happens. Keep y'all updated. But again, I would say Cayman Islands, don't rush to change the money too, too quick. Um, cause you might have to change it again in another year. Okay. Good folks. That's all she wrote. Uh, happy Thursday, everybody. Please have a super productive day. Y'all be good. And uh, we will catch up with you on tomorrow morning show. I'm hoping to have, please, please tune in early tomorrow tomorrow, because I have a Cayman Voices segment for you. And also I'm hoping to have the guest lecturer who did the um, the Ormond Panton lecture series last week at UCCI. I'm hoping to have that also available to uh, play during tomorrow's show as well. So you're going to miss a good, good time if you don't tune in early tomorrow. So please tune in early 
so that you can hear um, those amazing, um, uh, you know, local contributions. Okay, folks, until tomorrow, please be safe and take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 